This episode of a Top 3 Podcast is brought to you by our friends over at the Rat Hour with Rat Boy. It's your one-stop shop for discussions about this season's seasonal candle lineup, interviews with Dwayne Johnson's biceps, and detailed analysis of cryptocurrency trends. And just for you listeners, I'll give you a sneak peek of what's going on on this week's episode of the Rat Hour. Check this out. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Not like here. Here everything is soft and smooth. Huh, well, I'm not so sure what that's all about. I guess we'll have to tune in to the full episode of The Rat Hour with Rat Boy. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Tube Podcast Network. All right, let's start the show. And uh, this uh, this is a top three podcast. Three, two, one. What's up, everybody? We are a top three podcast, and we are honoring the time old tradition of listing our favorite things and arguing about it. Today's topic is our top three disappointments in entertainment, media, books, movies, TV, uh, other media that I'm forgetting, video games, stuff like that. Uh, Before we start, if you would like to support the show, please tell your friends, subscribe, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you can. And follow our social media pages at Twitter and Instagram at a top three podcast. And you can leave your own top three in the comments when we post our episodes. We will also put out calls for listener responses before recording. So keep your eyes out for those social pages and we will read and react to your top threes on the show. And check the episode description for links to those various social media pages. So... Joining me today, Dave Jackson, is Aaron Engel. Sup? Alan Nichols. Hey, everybody. Fan favorite and season two antagonist, Bloodbath McGrath. Hey, kids. It's hip to be square. (laughs) And our special guest today, a good friend of the show and top three enthusiast, Jim Rodeman. What's up, Jim? Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hell yeah, Jim. Good to have you, I was man. so excited when Dave told me that you wanted to be on like the podcast. I was like, bro, there is a guy I have not rapped with in a long, long time, man. Glad to see you're doing good. You look healthy. Beard is clean as fuck. Hell yeah, dude. Thanks, guys. I just wanted to say uh, you guys, I think, have a, like struck a really good thing here. Uh, you have a lot of charisma and a lot of charm, and you're genuinely entertaining to listen to. Uh, it's something I definitely look forward to week to week. And I just wanted to congratulate you on 20 episodes and hopefully many, many more. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> that Thanks, was man. so That's official. Awesome. That was crazy. Thanks, Hell buddy. Yeah, yeah. And we can, uh, the guy with the gun behind you, he can leave now. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> he, he can go. He doesn't have answers. I I want to congratulate Jim on sharing a bathroom with Dave for how <laughs> <laughs> good for you, man. He didn't share a bathroom with me. 
Uh, that's a lie. I Everyone shared, shared that with bathroom. Him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So again, uh, if this is uh, your first time listening to the show, the way it works is we've all picked our top three in the category and we're going to take turns going around. So we don't all say our lists all at once. We say our number three in a, a, a circle. Then we all go around with number twos, number ones, and honorable mentions at the end. So again, today's topic is top three books, movies, TV shows, video games, uh, live entertainment, basically, that we were hyped up for because most of us are not immune to hype. I get excited about stuff. Imagine not getting excited about stuff. Um, the only thing that we're not including in this uh, is sports. Um, because I, those are completely different top threes for the sports fans. So uh, for all of the things that we're mentioning today, we're going to come out and say right here at the beginning, full spoilers are on the table for everything we're going to talk about today. Um, it is my personal belief that I think some of us share that if something came out, you know, over a couple months ago and I haven't seen it yet, then I, you know, I don't really have the right to complain about spoilers. Uh, so if you are really concerned about spoilers and you hear something come up, then skip ahead until we're talking about something different. So let's get us started. And uh, we have a very special Michael Bumpus alert in this episode. Wee woo, wee woo, Michael, Michael Bumpus. 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 <laughs> Uh, Aaron, can you explain for the nice people what a Michael Bumpus alert is? So a Michael Bumpus alert is basically when most of us or all of us are in agreement that there is an answer uh, on the list that we don't want to talk about multiple times. Uh, Michael Bumpus is a very obscure football player that never did anything, but we all thought he had a really cool name. So we just decided that he is the greatest football player of all time. For example, Hey, who's your who's your favorite football player of all time? Oh, you mean aside from Michael Bumpus? Yeah, yeah, obviously. Aside from Michael Bumpus, right. who is your favorite football player? Oh, it's Jerry Rice. But Michael Bumpus, number one, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's our Michael Bumpus alert. And I'm like <laughs> low-key, I'm going to low-key go find him on like Twitter or something and let him know that we're talking about it and see if he'll send us some <laughs> sweet Bumpus merch. Uh, oh, yeah. So. Or have, yeah. him, have him guest on the podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. T top three times you got ran over by somebody in the AFC door. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our Michael Bumpus pick for today's episode is Game of Thrones season eight. That is our Michael Bumpus pick uh, because I am extremely confident. I mean, we talked about this, of course, we all agreed to it, but I'm confident that this would have been on at least three of our lists. So it's better just talk about it one time here instead of um, having three separate conversations. We talked about Game of Thrones back in, I think it was episode two, which was top three uh, TV shows from the last 10 years. Uh, so if you go all the way back and listen to that one, we talked about Game of Thrones there too. But I was pretty disappointed by season eight. You know, honestly, um, I was still in after a few episodes of season eight. Like uh, people really complained about the battle at Winterfell. And I liked that episode a lot when I first watched it. I was I was one of the people who's still defending it when people were complaining about that one. But as the that season went on, awesome. 
It's good. Mm -hmm. It's a good battle. Like people are like, Oh, it's too dark. And I was like, it's the shit happened in the middle of the night. It should be dark. Like, Oh, I can't see what's happening. Well, neither can the people that are out there fighting. They can't see what's happening either. You know, it's supposed to like, you know, convey some sort of like, you know, stakes that are up against the, the, um, the heroes and stuff. I was okay with it was, that. It was really scary too. Like when the zombies were just crawling over the walls. Yeah, it was. And, you know, there's a couple things in that episode that I really hate if I think about it longer. Um, but like, like how the trebuchets were their first line of defense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like how, how they were, um, like how it was like one, it was like Brienne fighting Nobody against died. like, yeah, Brienne Nobody fighting died. against like 700 zombies and she was like completely overwhelmed, but like came out without a scratch. Bro, uh, they did that thing where they were like using their cuts. Like they were like, oh, somebody's in a lot of trouble. We'll just cut to something else. And the next time we cut back to them, they're going to be fine. Like there was literally a scene where Sam was on the ground. He wasn't even on his feet. He was like, on, he was like sitting on a pile of zombies as they were crawling on it. And they cut <laughs> away. And then later you see him like enjoying potato soup. And you're like, wait a second, how the, how the, fuck, did, <laughs> how the fuck did Sam survive? Like that makes no sense, dude. Yeah. Like, all the people, man, like, all I'm the just people gonna... that were wearing like full on mm. armor actually made it through. Cause like the zombies were just hacking and slashing and bouncing stuff off people's armor, right? You know, you see that that scene that I think of is when it's uh Jamie and Brian and um Pod and they're all three backed up against the wall. And they're all three wearing big suits of armor. And like even though the zombies are like hitting them and stuff, they're they don't they aren't crushing the metal of the armor and they aren't aiming for their heads. Like this, they're just mindless. They were outnumbered ten thousand to one. That is <laughs> right. first off, none of them were wearing armor like I think you think they were wearing armor, unless it was made of plot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, but like you see, you see, like they had like thirty thousand people fighting that night. The folks defending Winterfell, right? But ninety-five percent of them were just wearing furs and cloth you know and any of the ones that, that had what good good no I, good. you know I, I was just gonna reiterate my point that any of the ones given that most of the ones that were wearing it were main characters um sure do you remember that part where like they were like hey fire really hurts them and can kill them very easily and then they get like sort like they they make that like pit of fire and all they do is like two of them fall on top of it and then the rest just walk over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. This is I'm I'm not going to talk about this ever again on this podcast. That episode was fucking trash. That season was fucking trash. I hate that show. It ruined television for me. You guys say what you got to say. I'm muting myself. Fuck that shit. Aaron, <laughs> I just feel like if you have that big of a problem with this series, with this season, and therefore it affects the way that it, you look at the series, um, oh, you just haven't faced enough adversity in your life. <laughs> I, 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 the fuck up I, a little bit you whiny little bitch Aaron is all, First off, that, Aaron that is literally all makes no sense whatever you said right there made no sense for the minute you started talking <laughs> you're not gonna lawyer me out of this one that shit is trash and I could talk about it for eight hours but I won't 
I know. Why am I talking? I'm done. I'm done. I'm seriously done. Alan, say whatever you want to say. He does this thing like the players do, where they breathe in through their nose and out through their mouth at the same time. I'm constantly making noise. No, but for real, that shit trash. I'm done talking about it. Y'all do think. So, like the the issue, like that. I don't know that episode aside, like the whole season, we, we talked about it before that whole season has a storyline that like, if you spread it out over two full seasons or even three seasons would have like naturally led to that. It would have felt good. They would have had those slow moments that game of Thrones was always really good at, but it didn't, they mashed it all together because they wanted to, I, I like, didn't someone say the the creators of it wanted to finish Game of Thrones so they could work on some other project that ended up being terrible? Yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> and then, yeah, they, and then they, they got fired some huge because of deal. because of the backlash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whoops. This is all. This is all I'm going to say about it. And I have previously stated like I'm super late to the Game of Thrones um, party. And for somebody who like watched a, who got into a good chunk of the show and the and everything uh, you know leading up to season 8 starting like like literally like finishing uh the last episode and getting ready and like watching the premiere um there's a huge drop in quality on that last season like just again like not even like fanboying out or anything like that like there is a noticeable lack of quality across the board uh writing production everything just the story storytelling in general all the character arcs and i think it is legit in terms of you know you take a show like the simpsons that has to like that's like definitely like lost quality but it's like you it's been on for 30 years it's been they've had to try and keep it going through three different decades like 20 some odd like different people have like run and like handled that show and it's time you know, this show was only on for, you know, eight or nine years. And like the same two people did everything behind the scenes in that show, production, storytelling, all that stuff. And like, so like, they clearly just like dropped the ball and said, fuck it the last season. And, you know, that's just, you know, that's all I'll say about it. Like it's a total dip in quality. So, so Game of Thrones would not have been on my list. Um, and Sorry, I lost my I lost my train of thought. I was like, "Are you about to sneeze? Are you about to sneeze? Did you did your feet break? No, my my brain broke. Yeah, of course, because you're trying to defend that season. No, it's just like okay, I mean, it's easy to see. It's easy to say that there was a, a big drop off in quality on the last season of Game of Thrones. There there was a drop off in quality, but it was a drop off that had happened the season before that and the season before that as well. Like Correct. there was a noticeable drop off in quality once they ran out of source material and once George R. R. Martin stopped being on set. There is there is a clear picture of why that show went downhill. And that's the other reason it wouldn't have been on my list, because not only do I think that season eight wasn't wasn't so bad as everybody is saying it was, but but I also think that it it's less of a disappointment, I guess, because you knew it wasn't going to be season one or season two because the show was already in decline. But you knew it was going to be the last season and you're expecting like all these storylines to come to like a, a satisfying end. Like That's what you should expect from quality TV shows. And 
it was just Game of so, Thrones like, was never there to satisfy you. Yeah, it was. Game of Thrones it was, was there, there to... to terrify you and horrify you and traumatize you. Sure, but the storylines were but always that's what really endings good. Are and for. The storylines were always entertaining and good and fun to follow and make like predictions about and stuff like that. And the show was well written. Jim, Jim, what do you, what did you want to say about it, dude? I, I don't want to necessarily like beat a dead horse. I actually agree a lot with what Alan just brought up. And I do feel like the decline started early, like the season five uh, Bron Jamie buddy cop stuff down in Dorne just like really <laughs> didn't work for me. Um, but then by season seven, whereas in the first season, it takes whole episodes to go from place to place. They're like warping around basically yeah. like it's uh, and so it, it, to me, it definitely lost the, those slow, quiet moments and, and those final twists just felt like uh, not even rushed. It was almost like some of them were just like out of left field and it, it just wasn't satisfying for me. But I don't want to just like continue to harp on this. So um, that'll be all I say. Season eight did have one very funny moment when at the end, I think it was, uh, I think it was Sam that suggests that they move to democracy and everyone just like booed the fuck out of him and laughed in his face. That was really funny. Mm -hmm. That's probably the best (laughs) moment of season eight. There, there is this, there's this moment in, I think it was the episode where they were fighting the white walkers uh, when Beric Dondarrion was like sitting on the wall and the hound said something to the lines of, how many times is God, he like wouldn't shut up and the hound was like, how many times is your God going to bring you back if I keep throwing you off this fucking wall or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was very, very funny to me. Yeah. But I, right. I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to talk about yeah. it anymore. I mean, I get like, I still, Game of Thrones is still a good show to me, of course. Like, I, I love the show Lost. And that show's ending is weird as hell. It didn't like diminish the rest of the show. Same with Game of Thrones. Um, But the last season was a disappointment when everyone was like, fuck the final season. It's the final season. They're going to wrap this up. It took them two years to make. Like, how is this not going to be the best thing ever? Yeah, because they... (laughs) uh, They spent like two years doing like costumes and special effects. And they spent like... 35 minutes working on the script that's why <laughs> just lots of wheelchair maintenance. <laughs> uh okay so uh we can move on from game of thrones michael bumpus and get into our actual lists so i'm gonna get us started with my number three uh disappointment thing i was excited about that disappointed me and it is a game for the wii the legend of zelda skyward sword is my number three um that's a that's a good one that game sucked bro that game sucked ass i hate that game they uh, remade it will you play it without the motion control do you think no. that'll change your opinion no yeah me I, too, dude. I hate, it was very lame i'm not spending 60 dollars for nintendo to try to change my mind on like something that i really hated back in the day <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to put it so <laughs> i'm a big fan of the old 3d zelda games or like i was a fan uh i loved when i played it when i was a kid ocarina of time loved majora's mask i uh, loved the wind waker loved uh uh twilight princess so obviously i'd be excited about the new 3d yeah, zelda game basically right? every game in the series before yeah. that one and uh the thing is i hate being forced to use motion controls in anything that's not like wii sports or wario wear or something like that I do not want to play a whole Zelda game using motion controls. 
And the thing that makes it worse is the motion controls only worked about half the time in Skyward Sword. So they'd be like, you have to swipe the sword vertically to hit this enemy because he's blocking every other direction. But like the Wii remote wouldn't register like perfectly what you're doing. <laughs> There's another mechanic where you have to hold the Wii remote like completely vertical, like up in the sky to do like your special attack or whatever. And if you, so you have to hold it at like a 90 degree angle. And if you're at like 87, it's like, nope, you die. <laughs> you're getting hit. Fuck you. Bro, I knew, I knew when they were doing the tutorial. Like I like I was having trouble doing the tutorial and I was like, oof, I spent a lot of my hothead paycheck on this game. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like a third of it. <laughs> uh, other things like at, that game is famous for having like the little dialogue box tell it t- like pop up and tell you what a rupee is every time you picked one up for like the entire game. Yes, that <laughs> was so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like every item. You're on like hour Whoa. 35 and you pick up a red rupee and it's like, you picked up a red rupee. It's worth 20 rupees. You can exchange this for goods and services. And I'm like, <laughs> I've been playing Zelda my entire life. I know what this is. <laughs> they fixed that in the new release. But like I said, uh, I'm not paying Nintendo to change my opinion on that game. So... That's my number. How did three. that Skyward, make Skyward it through Sword. quality control, man? Right. I mean, right. Yeah. Because that's... they started making games for children. We discussed Ooh, this. Nintendo used lazy. to be the we make hard games, and now they're like we're gonna make games that a four year old will like, like that can hold their attention. You, you know, so they'll ask for another game. Read that shit, Aaron. Four year olds <laughs> read that shit. Uh, I read when I was four. It's like chill, Aaron. You couldn't read it until you were fourteen. I gotta be honest with you, bro. I can't even read my phone. I'm glad they use like the ESPN logo, or I'd never know what I was doing. Like, even little kids don't need to be re- reminded what money is every, you know, every Not time they that pick many something times. up. No, it's it, what mommy cries about. Rupees. Absolutely. Also, like, uh, people also complain a lot. Like, I didn't play that. I probably played five or ten hours of it. But people also complain about your little helper, like the the Navi in that game as being like the worst, like way worse than any of the other ones before. Alan would probably love it. Jim, what's up? Dude, so I like 100%ed that game (laughs) and I am like an unabashed (laughs) Nintendo (laughs) apologist. And that game is atrocious. Like that game is terrible. I will say the one good thing that it does is it has some of the best dungeons in the entire Zelda series, but no one can make it past like the tutorial. (laughs) That's what I've heard. I've heard that it has like some of the best dungeons in it. But again, like I don't, I don't want to play through 10 hours of like bullshit basically to get to the supposed good part. You know, I don't blame you. So yeah, I don't know. Alan, Bloodbath, did you ever play that game? I never did. No, I didn't play it either. I never did. I played Twilight Princess, but I never played Skyward Sword. Twilight Princess had motion controls too, I think. It did if you played it on the Wii. You could use the Wii remote to like shoot your bow and you could shake it to swing the sword. But this Skyward Sword was like directional motion controls where like, yeah, it's like that's way too much especially for the Wii. Like, the Wii couldn't really handle that. Sure. 
So yeah, that's my number three. We can move on. Uh, Aaron, what's your number three? All right. My number three is getting a Chia pet. All right. So like (laughs) when you, when you're a little kid, man, you're like, you know, watching TV as much as your boy does price is right. Specifically, they, there were a ton of Chia pet commercials on TV and I'm talking like they had like the regular Chia pet. It's like, Oh, Hey, cool. It could be like a cat. Or like, you know what, for nobody who knows what a Chia pet is, it's like a statue in the shape of an animal that has like, (laughs) that you like, has like something inside of it. And then you spread seeds on it and it grows like, like grass on its back, like its fur. And that's the, that's literally the best way I can describe it. Uh, But when I was little, like, I literally thought that was the coolest thing in the entire world. I was like, mom, you got to get me a Chia Pet. And she was like, no, dude. Like, okay, that's totally fair. I'd see the the Chia Pet commercial and I'd be like, oh shit, now, now it's like a head. So it's like a person growing hair. And I was like, mom, you got to get me that. My dad's a barber. Like, I got to be able to cut something up, you know, see if I've got it in me. Uh, but I was like, when my mom finally, <laughs> like, my mom finally, like, relented and got me, like, this off-brand Chia Pet thing from, like, a, like, a troll book fair thing. It's called Mr. <laughs> it's called Mr. Grasshead, right? And I was, <laughs> I was lo- look it up, look it up, it's real. And uh, I was so fucking pumped dude for this thing so like i get it and you just water his head man and i was like this is this is so great and i woke up the next morning and nothing had grown and my mom tried to explain to me that it takes a long time for plants to grow they don't grow immediately i was like that seems weird the commercial made it happen in three seconds that's great um but yeah (laughs) yeah I'm just sitting there like I'm I'm, I'm literally like <laughs> but uh all right and I don't want to talk about it anymore everybody knows what a chia pet is I was very very excited to get one and I was very 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 let down and now disappointed and you you know kind of just I'm bummed that my mom spent money on so many unnecessary things like it, it brought out like that part of my psyche uh but yeah yeah so my number three is getting a chia pet yeah our going through like our top three episodes if you've been listening this whole time and you don't have a deep appreciation for how good of a person aaron's mom must be woo, <laughs> i don't know what to tell you because she put uh, up with a lot fan of the show dude <laughs> uh wait all right aaron how old were you when when this happened i missed that part dude or- so i i, I was like living try i had to have been like third or fourth grade like maybe, maybe second or third grade somewhere in there i was, I was little Okay. Okay. I was going to say like, you, <laughs> my, did you my not graduation president? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say like, were you not old enough to like have video games or like real toys? We had, I, I had a super Nintendo man, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but like, you my wanted mom that, was also one of those wanted moms that troll like, thing. I, I, well, my mom didn't let me play super Nintendo like that. Like a lot of the time she would just get like, so annoyed. She's like, just go outside. You know, I don't, I don't want you inside. And I'm like playing Chris Berman baseball and like you hit a home run. <laughs> And the, the Chris Berman audio goes back, 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 gone. And then I would, I would say that back to the TV, but a hundred decibels higher. So my mother forced me to go outside. So I had to have a couple of different things that I was into. Dude, I, I really don't know what it is, man. I was just like, when I was a kid, I just really wanted a fucking Chia Pet. Dude, I, I was like, that is the cool, that is, the Chia Pet is advertising at its finest, bro. Like straight up. And I'm sure they, I'm sure you can still get it at like Lowe's. You yeah. know what I mean? Or something like it. But I was so excited. And it was just like <laughs> such a stupid, like the thought was, is after I like got dumped that I was like, oh, okay, that was cool. 
All right. Back to Chris Berman baseball. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing. That's the other thing too. Like once that thing grew, if it actually did grow, once it did, once it was done, you're like, you're like, Oh, okay. Well, (laughs) my mom was like, goodbye. $50. Yeah. What now? Uh, on to the next as seen on TV thing. That's going to grab my attention. Yeah. (laughs) Aaron, I, I like this because you know, we were, we were talking before we started, you know, this is Jim's topic. And, um, you know, I think we've all kind of agreed. It was like roughly like, you know, three things in media in which, you know, like the commercial counts. So like, it it totally counts. I'm just, you know, when we first, like we're talking about this in the group chat, I thought it was like top three things like that you're hyped about that like you got let down like in life in general and yeah. I had so many like buying a house uh you know yeah, like going yeah school, but uh, I literally had know, it's like it made me adult. think of it made me made me think of that Tom Segura joke in his latest special it was like I always just really wanted a 69 and then like <laughs> I did it one day and I was just like nope I don't like this like, oh, but you gotta you gotta keep dreaming that's right man. you gotta keep dreaming that that chia pet or some gizmo on tv is gonna make you happy Aaron yep I'm gonna get you a snuggie for Christmas yep chia <laughs> yeah that uh, that pet rock is definitely going to fill that hole in your heart. <laughs> I just want something to love me. Yeah. The chia pet. As <laughs> yep. long as you water, as long as you water the chia pet and keep it in sunlight, Aaron, it will love you. It will never leave you. Talk. That's what you told me about women too. And look at me now. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hard cut, um, Alan. What is your number three? I wish you hadn't done a hard cut. I was going to say my number three is uh, Aaron's life. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that, counts, that counts as entertainment. <laughs> I think Alan's a villain. I'm no, I, I love and respect Alan Bloodbath. You don't fucking talk about him like that. Ever. <laughs> uh, no, but my number three is Arrested Development. Whoa! Um, yes. Okay. Well, are you talking about the whole show? Are you talking about the whole show, or just the last season? Well, yes. Arrested Development as a TV show is what I'm talking about because it was so brilliant for three seasons, um, and then sadly, it did not get the following that it it probably should have gotten and was canceled. Um, and then Netflix renewed the show for for two more seasons. Was it? I think. Yeah. One yeah, more. so two more seasons. What's that? No, two. There's two seasons. There's two seasons on Netflix. Oh, for real? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah four. Yeah, four season four was so bad. I'll never watch it. I was gonna say to Alan's point, he's he's absolutely right because it came back. People didn't really like it. Then they re then they re released those episodes like remixed, so the story made more sense, and they still didn't like it. And then they did another season, and you haven't even heard anyone talk about that season because it's not good. They have driven it into the ground. I mean, any chance that they were going to fix that that ship is over. Uh, and it was such a such a great show in the first three seasons. It was, yeah. I also like li- recently, like in the last five years or so, I feel like all Arrested Development conversation has been about Jeffrey Tambor and the like his like sexual misconduct allegations or whatever. 
or like harassment allegations, something like that. Um, dude, season four, I, oh man, I can't believe I forgot this. Actually, yeah, I can't hear season, season four, <laughs> season four. It was, I was very excited for it. And it was so bad that I literally forgot about it when I was doing this list. I right. you, like Arrested Development is a comedy and the first three seasons are legit, very funny, like some of the best sitcom out there. And season four, I could not stay awake. I fell asleep every time I sat down to watch that. It's because it wasn't funny anymore. And that's what's really weird is like normally when that happens to a TV show, it's because they change actors or they change writers or showrunners or whatever the fuck. They had pretty much all the same fucking people. They had the same people who wrote it. They convinced everybody to come back, like no matter how famous they were now at that point. And they, and, and they just it just wasn't funny. It was, they were trying to do like kind of what Sonny did that one season. It was bad where they tried to have like a like a like a like make like the 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 story like of what was going on in that season more important than the comedy in it and it just it you're all right it was very very bad it wasn't funny at all yeah that's a good pick alan that's an excellent pick i can't believe i forgot that but great pick it's actually it's 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 so good like i said season four was so bad that all of us forgot that it exists when we were making this list and I always forget about it when I'm talking like, you know, because that's going to be something I remember, because if we ever did something like top three, like, you know, sitcoms or something like that, like the first three seasons of that to me qualify it to be at least in my like top like five, like, you know, the, oh, yeah. the, the fourth season would mm-hmm. be the one would be like the disqualifier for me because it's like, like the beginning, like the first couple seasons of that show, like that's the smartest, like it, it with like having that style of humor like that absurdist like kind of thing where everybody in his life is just an insane person like it still manages to be like very heartwarming and very uh like like a like a like intellectually driven comedy uh from a situation that doesn't like call for that and in the fourth season it's like they lost all of that it wasn't smart it wasn't funny the story wasn't good the actors didn't seem like they were into it probably because they all had real money by then but it, it just fell flat Alan, you're telling that might be like that might be like the the best answer of the podcast, like just generally, like that's that was rough. It was rough. Yeah, it, a Game of Thrones fan could rationalize season eight and talk about how it didn't ruin the show. That's for what, them. Yeah, Alan, that's how I feel. <laughs> I would never. I, I I would not like. I haven't heard anyone be like, actually, season four was brilliant, and here's why. And you know like if you're gonna do a rewatch of arrest development no one's gonna watch season four and season five which i guess apparently exists you're gonna stop yeah, at three and there. just let the good let the good times roll uh, season five i watched that is is really bad like i think <laughs> porcha de rossi came back and was like you have me for 20 minutes and they filmed like her just standing in front of a green screen and then they basically just like put her in episodes and then she's her her stuff makes no sense like because, the show really fell flat because Portia de Rossi is such a powerful actress that she can demand things like that is that what's <laughs> happening here she she's she's married to Ellen dude she's yeah, got Ellen power behind her I right? know and like before we shit on her anymore she was very very good in the first three seasons I she really was, enjoyed yeah. her they yeah. were all really really good there was not a single person on the cast that wasn't really fucking good in the first three seasons Mm-hmm. Was that a was that a writer's strike thing? I don't think so. I, I think strike? it got canceled. Fox cancels all of their good shit for the most part. Yeah, but Fox kind of mistreated that show too, like by giving them different time slots and stuff. 
you know, you can't build a base, a fan. Correct. Base yeah, that. dude, that happens all the fucking time, man. Like shows get slotted on a different day, less people have you access now. to watching you it and they fall apart. It all online. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have happened if they were coming out with it today. That's right. If the, if the internet was that good back then. <laughs> let, let Arrested Development be the cautionary tale for anybody who's like, I wish they would bring my favorite show that got canceled back. Like, I don't know, fi- like Firefly or shows that got canceled and people are like, bring it back. You actually might not want that to happen. Just let the good seasons, like, let it be because it's for sure not going to be as good as you hope it's going to be. When was the last time, like, they revived a show and it was actually really great when they revived it. Like Family Guy. Yes. Futurama, I yeah. felt like yes. kept up. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. Cartoons. That's it. Yeah, cartoons. Yeah. Cartoons probably are. Yeah. That's the deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, they technically Seinfeld was canceled and then they like brought it back. Um, what was like the time gap between that though? Oh, I mean, I don't know. Weeks. Yeah. I mean, technically. No, I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on. And uh, Bloodbath, get your number three. All right. So um, I I don't know why I, I struggle with this really hard, um, but I really wanted to try and get, you know, like a TV show, a movie, and, and something else in there. So um, I'm going to do uh, my number three is uh, True Blood anything after season four. So uh, I want to preference this by saying, you know, I could, a lot of people could easily say like the walking dead, Um, you know, that was a show everybody was into. And then it ended up being like a a big disappointment. My argument would be that, you know, if you were a fan of the walking dead, like I was like a really big fan, um, you just gradually lost interest in that show. Like it just like, you just quit caring about it outright it just died a slow death. Like at one point you just go, I just don't care. I'm not going to watch any more episodes. And then you turn around, they've made like five more seasons since then. And like, you don't care whatsoever to even like pay attention to what's going on. But true blood, like aggressively got bad, like on a dime. They just said, <laughs> Nope, we're going to do something completely different. And it was fucking awful. Um, it's one of the first shows my wife and I, like that was like, when we started dating that like came on at the time that we were, you know, just started dating and it was new. And like, we started, you know, I wasn't into it at first. And then we got into like the second season and I like Aaron and I have like told, talked about this a hundred times. Like I think the second season of true blood is like one of the best seasons of TV, like ever. Um, It's so good. Uh, Season three was, was awesome. Like I was so hyped at like, that was like one of the most anticipated like shows I've ever like been into. I was like, yes. All right. Season three premiere. It was awesome. Season three is great. Then season four, season four is a real left turn. And I would argue that, you know, sometimes if there's a show you're into and it does something really weird, you know, you might kind of say, well, you know, they're, you know, trying to set up different plots for like future episodes and they're trying to, you know, set up different things that they can build upon it and, you know, kind of do different things. So you know, you kind of stick with it. And then it was like, not only was season four left turn, then it was like season five drove off a fucking cliff. And then season six, like, you know, just, you know, blew the fucking car away. And like, just, I mean, it was absolutely like, they like so aggressively, like tried to make that show like different and awful and terrible. And like, it, it's just like <laughs> such a bastardized version. 
you know, I mean, Aaron, I know Aaron and I have talked about it before. I mean, maybe he's got an opinion on it. I don't know if you guys have uh, ever really watched the show or not. You know, to me, it's like they just kept making the world too big. You know, it was vampires and then werewolves and like that was cool. And then like there were some other like creatures that showed up. But then it's like every season was like now there's fairies and aliens and, and you know ghosts and this and it was just it just became super lame all right now, i'm gonna i'm gonna i need to say something here and, and we can go we, we can move over this when we get back to when we get to my number two but my number two is also true blood like when when you told me that we couldn't that we were michael bumpusing game of thrones i was like all right what's the next show that disappointed me the most and i immediately <laughs> thought of true blood and i'm 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 not even really going to talk about it too much because bloodbath is absolutely right about everything he said season two is one of the greatest episodes uh, or one of the greatest seasons of television ever fucking made it's brilliant the first two seasons of true blood are so so good and i was such a hater i was like in college and you know everybody was in this show and i'm like i'm not watching no dumbass vampire show uh and then i watched the first episode and i was like this is fucking really good they were doing some really good like gothic like horror stuff that took place in the fucking like swamps of louisiana like the setting was so good and the opening theme song was so good like that that whole part <laughs> right there and the only thing i ever really hated about true blood was anna paquin like her performance was the only thing that didn't change from season one to the end of the show and the last thing i'll say about it is like i i trooped my way through that show because i loved the first three seasons that much and the only episode of that show i never saw was the finale i watched all the way up until the last episode was about to premiere and i was just like no i don't want to see how this ends i've never put that much time into a tv show and then just straight up said no to the finale we can skip over me when it gets to my turn but bloodbath that's crazy to me that you said that because i thought i had a really cool answer that you said that i was like <laughs> this is why we're friends man 100 percent. that show fucking blew it almost as bad as game of thrones did i would say that if you guys are correct, it blew it harder than Game of Thrones. Because oh there, there's like, <laughs> how many seasons are there total? Like eight? Seven, seven, maybe. Seven. So think... there's like at least three seasons uh... of just being fucking awful. I know. I have no idea why I kept watching yeah. it. <laughs> I think, I think there's, yeah, there's seven or eight. I think, because huh. I remember like season four, I didn't get to watch when it came out and I had to watch it later. And then I remember catching season five. Is it like because I think it's season five where like they have like the vampire council and Bill drinks the that like one vampire's like blood and then <laughs> just listen to what he's saying. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. There's like a vampire council with like soldiers. We and, believe like, you. It's no, bro, they like... brought fairies in. That's what they, that that already said. Yeah. They brought yeah. fairies and ruined the whole I didn't this whole so, episode just gonna make me bad. Yeah, well, that's what it's designed for. Uh, that's what Jim came here to do. Jim, Jim came here to get mad. That's right. Yeah, there, there's at least a solid three seasons that's bad. So at yeah. least half of the show is And bad. that's, like, I never watched True Blood. Uh, and, like, back when I was, like, actively looking for TV shows to watch, uh, people were always like, well, True Blood's really great, but, like, don't watch the second half of the series because it's fucking terrible. And that just, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm just not going to watch it then. Yeah, that, because... that's the correct thing to do. Like, that's, yeah. fuck that. Like, fuck that. It, like, even Lost, like you said, I'll go back and rewatch Lost because the ending's, like, 
it's okay, but at least the whole it doesn't ruin the rest of what the show was, you know? Yeah. Well, Lost didn't have like like we said, Lost didn't have three full seasons of like just being unwatchable bullshit like you guys are describing True Blood as. Alan, you're making a face. I know Lost is weird in in like season five <laughs> and six, but <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Jim, I, Alan, I didn't did watch. Guys... I didn't watch True. Well, I guess I watched. Um, I did watch an episode or maybe two episodes. I don't know. However many came on a DVD, I got a DVD from Netflix mail order service. Hell yeah. Um, what that was still going it, was, on. it was four episodes is what you got on that disc. Well, I didn't finish it, buddy. <laughs> I didn't finish that sucker. It was not great. Um, so then it was bad enough that I just canceled the Netflix DVD service. It was it was over. <laughs> Soured me on that with your that's, in, that's impressive. It's so bad that you canceled the whole service. <laughs> yep. Uh all right. Um we can uh, move it on then from that was true blood and uh, we can get Jim's number three. So uh, my number three is uh, M night Shyamalan's the last airbender. Oh, Um, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, not only like, I think it's like one of the worst reviewed movies ever, but uh, the source material that that came from uh, the, the avatar cartoon series that Nickelodeon put on, is uh, legit like a really good just not not just like cartoon but like story. I would argue that like Prince Zuko's arc is like one of the greatest arcs in just like character history. So when I found out that they were going to make like a live action film of one of these, directed by M Night Shyamalan, who at that point was kind of in a downward spiral in his career. Uh, I did get I excited. And <laughs> I mean, what? Well, let's look at his last ones. A downward that. spiral so, like, that has continued to this day. I know, right? But like before that, he had done Signs, The Village, Lady in the Water, and The Happening, which is just a great stretch there. The I like Lady in well, right? He Pardon? did The Sixth Sense as well, didn't he? Well, that was like the movie that like kind of put him on the map right like that and then followed by unbreakable are two like legit good movies but oh, then that's right unbreakable you have like solid source material and like who was clearly at least a competent film director and he just proceeds to put out like some of the worst cinema you can you can get behind he was mispronouncing character names which like on a cartoon <laughs> Like, you can't, you know, they say those names over and over again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, the special effects were bad. The acting was bad. Um, it, at least to me at that time, so this, the movie came out in 2010s, was the first time I heard of that trend of like kind of whitewashing uh, in, in cinema history where they just cast a bunch of white people as a bunch of Asian people. And we're like, ah, it'll be fine. We'll fix it in post. (laughs) And then (laughs) like proceeded to just churn out like some of like the worst movie that I've ever seen. So yeah, that's my number three. Yeah. That's a good call. Um, I'm sure that if I had been excited for it and watched that movie, I remember being excited for it, but I didn't watch it. Um, Because like, 
as soon as it came out, it was, everyone was like, this movie is terrible. This. And I was like, okay, I trust you entire world. I trust you. <laughs> so I didn't watch it, uh, but I'm sure that if I had, it would have made my list because like, like you said, Jim, the source material, the cartoon is one of my favorite shows ever. It's very, very good. And this is another one of those cautionary tales. Like people say like, uh, they should make a Legend of Zelda movie. And I'm like, no, they shouldn't. Did you see what <laughs> happened to The Last Airbender? Like Zelda has way less story than The Last Airbender. How are they going to make a movie out of that? <laughs> and uh, yeah, good pick. Man, <laughs> I'm looking at the uh, IMDb right now. It's at a 4.0 out of 10. <laughs> Which is surprisingly high. Yeah, I feel yeah, like that's pretty. That's like I was really like, high. damn, nicely done. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Did you guys see that? No. That, Alan? No, I haven't even seen no. the cartoon, but it's something Dave tells me to watch Same. like every three weeks. I have not seen the movie. I watched I watched the cartoon. Um, I like to have something talking in the background while I was reading during law school. And so I watched the cartoon my last year of law school. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, very, very good. You know, so even as, even as like a 30 year old, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's a bummer that the movie was terrible. It's a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> Which that sounds more, it sounds more like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've learned at this point, I just don't care about anything in night Shyamalan does like you know he's he's made he made one and a half good movies and then like took 10 years to make god-awful movies and then like made one and a half good movies again so <laughs> i don't know like his his track record's really not good at all like yeah. he's kind of like yeah i mean he, he's just sort of not good so <laughs> the person I, i'm the most I'm mad is a millionaire <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I just never had any uh, intention, but I do think I'll watch the anime at some point because I've heard nothing but good things about that. Yeah, it's it, very good. It is. Go it's ahead, weird, like the the longevity that like Hollywood has allowed M Night Shyamalan to have. Like, what other director did literally, like you said, because you're absolutely right, one and a half good movies, and they were just like, yeah, he can stay. Like, it's fine. Well. Well, dude, I bet. I, I mean, like, dude, the the marketing that went into some of those movies and the amount of like commercials you would see for them and movie trailers, you like, even back in the day when he was doing it, like, they marketed those as like, yo, this is the fucking movie you gotta see. This is gonna be the craziest shit. I bet like the box office numbers. Twist. Yeah, I, I bet the box office numbers are, are are enough to justify like somebody being like, all right, we're putting him in charge because at least like we know we can cut a good enough trailer to get people to like come to see it. I'm not saying that he's good because he's not, but like I can understand why he's still around because like people know if they give him a bunch of money to make a movie, they'll get a profit or something like that. Uh, that's got to be it because if his movies were like reviewed poorly and box office failures, there's no way he would be like able to make like major motion pictures anymore. That's not how the that's not how the industry works. Well, and to Jim's point, he asked like, who else has that ability? At- I mean, the closest I guess I can maybe say you could compare him to is like Tim Burton to where it's like, you know. That's pretty close. That's a really good analogy. 40% 40 of his filmography is great, and then the rest of it's like real up and down. Yeah. Yeah. 
but then it's yeah and then like the same thing it's like then the, but they'll still make one movie here and there like in between all the bad ones there was like oh it was all right this time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean this one was a six out of ten you should probably go see it <laughs> but he he followed up the last airbender with after earth that that home run <laughs> that will smith was that that will smith movie <laughs> Yeah, him and his son. With him and his kid. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. But back to the, the last airbender. Um it's like Bloodbath and Aaron, like any uh, I will never stop saying that you should watch that show. Aaron, I know you hate anime, so like if you don't want to watch it, I understand. Because it is I don't really look at it as an anime. It's a Nickelodeon show. It's, like dude, it's all, it's all got, signs point to Nickelodeon makes good work to me. Yeah, know? I mean it's good, but if you hate everything about anime, this is an American anime. It has anime mm-hmm. tropes in it. So like you might right. hate it, but it is very, very good. Yeah, I have it on my queue, but my queue also has 86,000 things since yeah. November 2009. So, yeah, we know you don't have anything to do, Aaron. <laughs> no, sir. I also want to just make a quick soft plug for the follow up to um, Avatar, which was uh, Legend of Korra. Also, yeah. just Legend of Korra fantastic... is also, also excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We can uh, move this into number twos. That was The Last Airbender. And uh, I'm going to give my number two, which I suspect it, it, this should be on some other people's lists. Uh, this should have been my easy number one, uh, but you'll see why when I get there. But my number two is Star Wars Episode Nine. My number two. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and if we didn't Michael Bumpus Game of Thrones, I would have suggested Michael Bumpusing this because uh, I suspect that other people had this on their list. But uh, Star Wars Episode Nine, uh, I forget the I even forget the subtitle of that movie. The Rise of Skywalker. Is that it? <laughs> yes. OK. Yes. Yeah, um, that is correct. So I love Star Wars. I have always loved Star Wars. Um, I really enjoyed basically every piece of star Wars movie I've ever consumed. The uh, prequel movies I think are like somewhat bad, but very watchable. Like, yeah, they're fine. I don't think they're that. I mean, they, they, we went through this period where people are like, the prequels are the worst movies ever. And they're not, they're fine. They have entertaining parts. The storyline is fine. Um, But I enjoyed them. I like uh, some of the clone wars show that I watched. I like star Wars video games Star Wars should be a slam dunk things that I'll enjoy. I really liked the last Jedi, which lots of people say that they hated. I thought the last Jedi was a ton of fun. Rogue one. Yeah. Dude, awesome. That movie was awesome. The solo yeah, dude, movie Rogue one was great. Solo mm-hmm. movie was fine. It was good. The force awakens is such like, uh, it's just such dog shit that I can't put together a coherent point about it, but it's really like, there's no way you can watch, uh, not the sorry not the force awakens the force awakens is bad too but it was not as bad as episode nine you there's no way you can watch episode nine and come out of the theater with any idea other than they don't have any new ideas for star wars because they were just like oh shit like uh let i don't don't know man bring the emperor back who cares like (laughs) right dude like right bro and like i think so i saw this in theaters and i'm 
99% sure that when Palpatine made his entry, because like there were rumors leading up to it that it was going to be like, oh, Palpatine's coming back. And I was like reading those and being like, uh, I mean, some signs are pointing that way, but I really hope not because that would be stupid. And then he came back in the movie. And I think I audibly said in the theater, like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you you turned into bloodbath of the cocktails. Episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so here, here's what I'm going to say real quick. Like, here was the biggest problem with the last trilogy, all right? So J.J. Abrams comes out. He does episode, episode seven, which I, I actually really liked episode seven. I thought it was pretty good. And then he hands over, he, he has this story, and he hands it over to a guy. I, I believe his name was Ryan Johnson. He directed and helped construct this uh, script for episode eight. And Ryan Johnson, and I think that's his name. It is, uh, changed, it is, yeah. Ch- changed a lot of stuff. Uh, and he kind of took these ideas that J.J. Abrams had set in place and kind of like took them off in different directions. I'm not talking just like plot stuff, but like character wise, like like Finn, like his whole kind of structure changed. They really like lessened the relationship between him and Ray, which they built up a whole lot in the first one. Um, but so, right. So ep- I think episode eight fucking sucks ass, too. Um, and then so after that, J.J. Abrams is basically like, no, fuck you, Ryan Johnson. I'm doing the ninth movie. And he takes all the ideas that Ryan Johnson had uh, in the eighth movie and like, like just wipes them off the map. And that's why it makes episode nine so bad. There was never one person or a team of people who had th- th- there was no flow to it. It was it was just constructed very, very poorly. Uh, and, you know, when you have that much money and that kind of a time constraint, you got to put something out. And J.J. Abrams is like, nah, this this episode not just me a big fuck you to Ryan Johnson. And it ruined what it, it could have been OK. You know, if they it, like I said, they just the story wise, they jumped all over the place. The characters kept changing all the time, like like what what their purposes were, what they were supposed to do. Ray is just the best Jedi ever without ever training or anything. She just like grabs a weapon and she's like. I know exactly how to use this. <laughs> like, 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 oh, I grew up on a sand planet. Oh, I know how to fly whatever you want me to fly. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But that, I, I think that that was the biggest problem is like they changed people who were writing the scripts for those movies while trying to keep like the story together. And it just like, it just made no sense by the end. I was with you when I saw the Palpatine thing. Uh, like the first thing I thought was like, please God, if this is real, let them do something like moderately like okay and they didn't it was so stupid like it all, ruined those like i will say the prequels are better like those movies are dumb as fuck 100 the prequels are better than the sequel the sequel trilogy you no amount of anakin talking about how much he hates sand uh would be worse than what happens in episode nine awful also like how about when uh was it in episode nine was it ray that died or was it Kylo that died? And someone It was Kylo. Kylo died and she like kissed him and brought him back to life. I think they both Bro, and died Qui- at Qui- one Gon- point, right? And Qui-Gon Jinn's just like, "Oh, sweet, Jedi's can bring other Jedi's back from the death. Awesome." <laughs> yeah, that's that's something that's going to be very convenient coming up here soon. Ah, oh, god. Just like <sighs> it takes a very bad it takes a very bad product for me to not enjoy a star Wars product. And like I, since watching that, I played the Jedi fallen order video game, which has a bad, a bad to average story. And it's way better than the uh, episode nine story. 
because it's like it's coherent it makes sense they're not just like pulling out oh by the way palpatine's alive he's been pulling the strings this entire time ray you're actually like his granddaughter cool congrats <laughs> awful i don't know <laughs> did did any of you guys like episode nine are you guys quiet because i because me and aaron are shitting on something you enjoyed no no i'm i'm being quiet for a different reason Okay. Same. Uh, I thought um, episode nine. Uh, okay. So the entire sequel trilogy is kind of a mess. Um, to me, Star Wars has always been about like the characters, right? Han, Luke, Leia. And that's to me what drove the, the OT. The prequels, I felt like lost that, but at least they were telling a cool story about like, not only the downfall of a character, but like the downfall of a Republic as well. Right. The, the sequels. Yeah. The fact that you had someone helming it differently for like each movie, like a different person getting behind the wheel, it was jumbled. It was a mess. The characters made no sense. Like they were so squandered, like Ray Finn Poe. There were good ideas there that just nothing ever panned yeah. out. And I actually think Kylo is like one of the most squandered characters of all. And he would have been an amazing villain he, for that trilogy. He could have been one of the greatest villains of all time. They got Adam driver was, was fucking brilliant. Like, you know what I mean? Like with, with what he was given, mm-hmm. it, it's like the whole hating Christensen thing, dude. Like you can't really blame the guy for like them writing the character so poorly. Like yeah. Kylo Ren, reminded me a lot of Mordred from the Dark Tower. There was a lot of, like, anger and sadness, you, you know, that was caused directly by, like, his his parentage, like, you know, and and I, I really thought they had something special with him, you know, from the first scene of Episode 7, and he just turns into, like, a whiny little butthole, dude, and <laughs> I just, I just, like, like, you're, you're, like, Kylo Ren could have been a, a top all-timer Star Wars character, and they ruined him. Finn could have also been Poe sucked no matter what, and so did Ray. But yeah, those two specifically could could have really uh, they could have been like all timer Star Wars characters for sure. Yeah, this is this is another issue with episode, and we can move on because I feel like we'll, I have a feeling we'll talk about this again. But like one of the biggest things was by the end of episode nine, they have like some moments in there where you're like, oh, Poe might die, and I was like, I don't care about Poe at all. There is nothing that's happened in these movies that would make me care whether he lives or dies, which is not something you can say about characters <laughs> from the other Star Wars movies. Same and way- not something that you can say about a good movie. Yeah. So we can move on. I have a feeling we'll come back to this. Um, so Star Wars Episode Nine. Aaron, what is your number two? I, I already said it. It's true. That's blood, right. But very, quick, very quickly before we move on, I, I think this is a... Is, is is like a theme in all of these like TV shows and movies we're talking about where just the characters just go from something very, very special to absolute shit. Like Drew Blood has like five or six characters in it, like Tara, Lafayette, Bill, Eric, who were really well written, well designed, and had a really good arc going that and they just changed them completely. And so I think there's something that could be said about like like it all comes down to like that's why people watch it because they connect with these things these characters they understand these characters they empathize with them and they root for them and when you stop rooting for them and like you said when you don't even care if they die or not and they're a main character like 
everything else just kind of falls apart. Like, you know, that's why actors get paid so much money. They're there to make you care about what the character is doing and saying. Um, but yeah, True Blood, just a huge disappointment. It was so well written and just went to the trash. So, but we've talked about it enough. We can move on. All right. Um, Alan, what is your number two? Uh, my number two is uh, any of the Skywalker Star Wars movies outside of the original trilogy. Those, <laughs> those as a whole episodes one, two, three, seven, eight, and nine um, are really disappointing to me. Uh, you know, I mean, and I think that Jim really hit it on the head uh, when he talked about the original trilogy really being about the characters in the original trilogy. And, and so the, everything after that has been this attempt to recreate those characters. And, you know, it just winds up with these cheap knockoff plot lines and these sham mock characters that they throw together. Yeah. Um, it's like, and, like I said, you get to the end of episode nine and you realize they never had an original idea for the, they had a few original ideas, but not on like the big scale. Yeah, and that's why I didn't say anything because I wanted to see what you guys were going to say about the topic. And you, and you all, I, you know, I know you guys defended the prequel series a little bit, and that's that's fair. I guess it's it's a little bit more difficult to be disappointed with the prequel series because we were children when it came out. Thirteen, so, yeah, right. You know, so we were we were fucking stupid, and we liked all course, <laughs> all kinds of like really. Dumb, oh, lightsabers! It was the fir- <laughs> but it was the first Star Wars like anything that they have done that they had done so long. So like the hype was just you know right. I mean, but we were just so, so easy to satisfied kind of though. It, yes, I agree. You know agree. that's that's what I'm saying. It was it's it's easier to not be disappointed in the pre- in the prequel trilogy because you know we were we were dummies. You know, so we we're easily tricked into into thinking that Jar Jar Binks is actually funny and, nope. and things like that. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> of- I loved him so much. <laughs> not one of us. Okay. All of, one I, of would, us. I would say that, yeah, most of us were not tricked into thinking Jar Jar Binks was funny or necessary in any way. One out of five, yourself, Dave, that's Dave. all it takes. All right, fine. I can, I can just imagine like Aaron being in the other room speaking in a jar jar binks voice <laughs> so loud so loudly his mom has to make me go outside yeah. alan do your jar jar he alan, does do the jar chris jar Berman. impression he does the chris Berman and the jar jar binks voice ah god damn it i i feel like i nailed that Come right, on, let's, i mean you did but let's call it guys i mean that's we gotta <laughs> end of the podcast yeah, yeah. We're, we're it's over good we've run. had a good run yeah um all right i mean i'll go ahead and throw it out there now you know uh, you know s- I'm going to say Star Wars at this point. It's like, you know, episode nine is probably like my honorable mention. So I hate the prequel. I hate the prequel trilogy. I think there's some like cool parts here and there, but like by and large, I don't really like them. I love the force awakens. Last Jedi was cool. I think it like has problems. And like the problem is more like 
I agree with Jim 100%. So I always say, like, there was no co- cohesive vision for how the story was going to go, the, tri- the trilogy was going to go. And quite honestly, after The Last Jedi and Ryan Johnson just, like, does this, like, total, like, punk rock move and, like, you know, just destroys everything that you're wanting to see happen in the movies and the trilogies and all that stuff and kind of does do something sort of different, you know, for them to, like, finish the overall story, like, they really needed to probably make two more movies why they felt beholden to make it a trilogy i don't know they could have just made episode nine and then made episode 10 because if you watch episode 10 there's everything with the emperor is absolute dog shit i don't understand why on earth they thought that was a good idea that's like that's not only is that like dumb in terms of star wars that's like dumb movie make that's dumb storytelling like an english teacher would have told you like this doesn't make (laughs) sense like you need to go back and redo this uh, and it's I have heard a lot of people say that um, the everything with the Emperor was a reshoot so like there I guess was an, a different story and the studio was freaked out and they're like no we gotta like do something called Save the Emperor or something like that and they like reshot all that like redid reconfigured the movie anyway so you know it, they had some neat ideas in episode 9 but it's like why they felt like they had to cram it all in at the last minute. Like someone pointed out um, Ray, Finn and Poe, like why are they friends? Because they never spend any time like Ray and or, uh, Finn. They're and, never on the screen together ever. Right. Yeah. Like Ray, uh, Ray and Poe like, like never like meet each other. But like in the third movie, it's like, oh, they're supposed to be like friends. Oh, it's yeah. so good um, to see you. I'm so glad you're yeah. alive. Your, what, your name was Ray. Ray. <laughs> Is that what it was? That's why. I, that's why I said, like, in the third movie, they introduce they introduce this bounty hunter that's like Poe's like ex girlfriend or some shit like that. Like, again, that would have been cool. That was something that they hadn't done in this new uh, sequel trilogy yet. But like, they want to cram it into last minute. Uh, Lando's just hanging around at this. Oh, oh my! Like, that is burning, just as dumb as like the- intergalactic Burning Man festival or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that you know. Bro. The entire Bro. the entire movie is just like a fetch quest. Like it's just okay. We have to go get this, and then it's like they go find it, and then they have like an action scene that isn't propelled by the character, or the story, or anything like that. And it's like okay, now let's all go get that. They have to like they constantly have to stop the movie and explain what they're doing and why they're doing it, and then go do like an arbitrary action scene, and it's like out of place. Like it's very bad story making. Again, they should have just made two movies and crafted some ideas again the emperor that's that's dog shit and stupid it is and i'm i'm right there with you guys like i'm right there with alan and dave rogue one rogue one is probably the best like star wars stuff that's come out in the last couple years solo great movie um you know just but yeah i mean like episode nine is yeah just a major disappointment like i remember when the first trailer for that movie came out a friend of mine on Facebook had like post made a comment about it. It's like, Oh, good job, Disney. You made me like uninterested in a star Wars movie. Which is something that like, it's really hard to do because so many people just fucking love star Wars. Like, and Disney has the money to find good people to do it. That's what's fun. When I saw her, JJ was doing it. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. That's a cool. That's the thing though. Like a sneaky thing, kind of like M night Shyamalan is that JJ Abrams hasn't really done anything. That's been really awesome in a long time. Like the star Trek movie that he did was fine. It was okay. But like it's star Trek. It's not like he like wrote this storyline. So this like 
we we kind of mentioned it before, and I want to say like Finn is a cool idea for a character. Former stormtrooper turned over to the good side is a cool idea for a character. Sure. They don't do anything with that past the first movie. Uh, Agreed. We already talked about Kylo. He's an awesome idea for a villain in Star Wars. Han Solo's son turned evil is an awesome idea. But it's just like he, I mean, they kind of squandered it and he still ended up being by far my favorite character from the sequel trilogy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> like lo, like Loki, probably, right? Like other than the, from BB-8. Yeah, other than the <laughs> droids, which are consistently the best characters in Star Wars. So I like how they were like, hey, we need to wipe C-3PO's memory uh, so that we can get this little bit of information that'll help us find some doodad that'll help us find the emperor. And so they have this whole like death scene for C-3PO. And he's like, I just want to take one last look at my friends. It's like, <laughs> mother, motherfucker, you only know R2-D2. What the fuck are you talking You've about? I've never met one. any of these people. <laughs> All you, of your you other you friends no are dead. You have no idea who these people are. And then the best part is like later on, they're just like in a throwaway line. They're like, oh, hey, FYI, R2-D2 fixed him. He has his memories back. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, God damn it. All right. Uh, let, let's move on from Star Wars. Um, we're on. Maybe. We're on Bloodbath. Bloodbath, what's your number two? All right. My number two uh might take a teeny bit of explaining and if i remember right from uh anytime i ever hung out with jim i think he might appreciate this one in particular um one of my uh, it always changes but we'll call it one of the top five favorite bands uh of, of like my favorite bands are the pixies and i was uh, a huge i mean i still am a diehard pixies fan uh, i have almost all their albums on vinyl uh, I've seen them four times in concert. Every time it's better than last. Uh, but I got to say, I was extremely disappointed. Uh, for those that don't know, the band broke up in the uh, early 90s. Uh, they were you know, active from the mid 80s to early 90s. Broke up. Um, occasionally, they do a couple of reunion shows here and there. Uh, but in 2014, they uh, briefly got together to start recording some new material. Their bass player, Kim Deal, left decided to quit uh, permanently quit the group and they recorded an album without her and they have subsequently made two more albums without her and they are awful so my number two is uh the pixies albums post uh reunion um if uh like i said if anyone's a fan you definitely know what i'm talking about um their discography is is legendary uh their first four albums are just i mean like they're they're the best uh you know their their last album um before they broke up uh you know you can kind of say it was sort of like waning a little bit as a little hit and miss but you know they're you know like they're just they're seminal and uh the biggest part of what made them so appealing is the dynamic between frank black the lead singer and songwriter and kim deal who also um say she plays she plays bass but she's also does a lot of the vocals the, the that some of the dynamic of the band is, you know, the male, female, like loud and soft, like vocal, uh, uh, kind of dueling vocals in the songs. Uh, she left the, the group. And so Frank Black basically just makes whatever he wants to make and the band follows him on it. Uh, and it has not been great. Uh, in 2014, they released uh, their first album, which was Indie Cindy. Uh, and it's not 
terrible. Um, it just doesn't really sound much like the Pixies. It just sounds kind of awkward. Um, you know, there's the song, the, it's just like really poor songwriting. Um, you can kind of see how like they might have like begun doing some demos and stuff when they were a full band. So, you know, I'm not saying it's like a total departure, but it just doesn't gel right. Uh, after that, in 2016, they released uh, Head Carrier, which is uh, an album they did with their new bass player. Uh, and that one is a little bit more like tolerable, but like it really doesn't sound like Pixies at all. Um, you know, it, it's just it sounds like kind of a generic like indie rock uh, group. And then this last year, they released uh, Beneath the Ire, which is um, it sounds like someone trying to sound like the Pixies, and it's again just not good. Um, <laughs> I, I what's interesting about the what's interesting about this last album that they did is that they um, document they made a um, a podcast series along with it. So you heard them recording the album and talking about it while they're in the studio doing it. And uh, so the whole podcast has like demos for all the songs. The demos are fucking great. Like the demos for the, like when they were like in the studio, like putting the songs together, like they sound really good, but then they just decided to mix them weird and take a lot of the elements out. And it just, it's not good. And uh, a very big disappointment. Ooh. I just, I just want to say that during that whole thing, I was fact checking all of these album titles and release years, and Bloodbath is one hundred percent correct on everything. Good job, just, Bloodbath. Just, yeah, <laughs> on point, pulling it out of the air. Uh, so they went on tour recently, and I, I, when you said at the beginning of that, you've seen them four times, each time better than the last. I actually haven't heard any of their new stuff, and I'm sad to hear that it wasn't good. Uh, but they were on tour like. A year ago, no, it would have been just before COVID, I think. And I saw they were coming to Columbus, and I think they were going to like open for Weezer or something. And I was like, "Oh, that'd be yeah. cool," but I just got out of school and I had no money. Like, are they still okay in concert, or are they just garbage um, all over the board? <laughs> uh, so I saw them uh, 2015, 2016. Six, yeah, I don't know. Um, they're they're great. Uh, the first time I saw them was at the LC on the indoor side. Hey, I went to that show. And that was I was with you. Yeah, yeah, I saw them with Dave. Yeah, yeah. And Dave, <laughs> Dave, was it good? You you even told me you're like I wasn't a fan, and then like I went to that show and I was like, shit, man. Yeah, I actually had I, never. I had only heard a couple Pixies songs because they were on video game soundtracks. Like the song "Debaser" was like on a Madden soundtrack or something like that. Uh, that was all I'd heard. And I went to the show uh, and yeah, it was awesome. And I'm a big fan of the Pixies now because of that show. Um, they're so good live. But yeah, they're great live. But yeah, to answer your question, Jim, um, they're great. Uh, they they kick ass. They sound really awesome. Um, the next three times I saw them, I was actually, we were uh, in front of the stage. So like I, you know, I got like really cool videos and pictures and um you know, I got like pictures, of all their pedal boards and stuff like that. Um, I got a set list uh, after the show was over. So it was nice. really cool. Um, but, uh, and they only play like each time, like they've basically each time I've seen them, they had just released another album. They only play like two or three songs off the new album. Like it's all just the hits and mm -hmm. um, they sound great. Now they won't play. There's a handful of songs that Kim Deal like primarily sang and wrote that they won't play. But I was lucky enough to go uh halloween 2018 i was lucky enough to go see the breeders in columbus and I, they kind of played all the songs that the pixies wouldn't play so oh. 
Nice. <clears throat> I feel yeah. like this is for anybody who is a big fan of a band that's been around for over 20 years or so. I feel like everyone can pick at least one album from any band like that where they're like, holy shit, like the Foo Fighters have a new album coming out. And then you're like, this isn't like the Foo Fighters were in 1996. So eh. it, it just happens like with every single band. Like I don't even you guys know how much I love Metallica. I don't even listen to the new Metallica albums because I'm just like, I know exactly what I'm going to get. It's not the Metallica that I like. Uh, they've obviously changed a lot. They've been a band for like almost 40 years now. So, you know, it's just, it's something that's like natural green day too. like green day keeps putting out music like every year or every two years. And I'm like, uh, it's fine. But you know, if you're get really hyped up for the new green day album, because you really love like the nineties green day, you're going to be really disappointed. Mm -hmm. Especially yeah, I just imagine, especially, sorry, especially if they broke up for like 20 years, like the pixies did and then start. Yeah. Or you're setting yourself up to be disappointed. Yeah. It, it's almost like, that's a good example, Dave. It's almost like um, you like went into a coma in like 1999 and like, you know, you woke up in 2020 and beyond all the other problems that you have, uh, you know, <laughs> the new Green Day album is like unrecognizable, unrecognizable. Yeah. So, oh. and it, and I just want to say, you know, cause I remember, you know, again, like I, I kind of always remember Dave, like you and me and Jim, I know sometimes we hung out, like we would talk about music a lot. And I know you made this comment with like Radiohead where it's like, oh, every album sounds different. And it's like, therefore, then like, why do I want to be a fan if every album is completely different than the one before? And I think I think that's what you said. But that's kind of where I'm at with this. It's like the Pixies have such a unique sound, like their sound is so like wholly unique. And like, that's what I love about them so much. And then for them to come out with a new album, it's like, I appreciate that they maybe want to do something different or they can't write the same songs that they used to because they've just they've gotten older and things are just different and the dynamics not the same but like to not even have any of the elements that like make them who they are it's like if nothing else man like just change your name to somebody else and be like oh this is like a side project <laughs> this is the, <laughs> or something like i that. mean it's basically the frank black solo project anyways just using the pixies name right. yeah here's here's another much. example like um john frusciante left the red hot chili peppers a long time ago now like what like 10 years ago i don't i don't know but he's coming back and they're making a new album with him and like the the four dudes uh like the four core members of the band again and i'm excited about it because i like the dynamic that those four guys have when they play music together but i'm not really like hyped up and like setting myself up for this new album like it's going to be amazing because the red hot chili peppers are not the same band that they were in 1998 uh mm -hmm. you know when they're like my favorite of their music came out what back when they were wearing tube socks <laughs> yeah so. yeah it, it's it's tough with uh with old older bands as they get older and they keep putting out music mm -hmm. yeah I mean, Jim, I mean, our, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Like you said, I just remember like anytime we'd ever hang out, I feel like you and I always liked a lot of the same music, but I mean, do you like, are you, are you a fan of the Pixies? And I guess, it, you know, like you said, you hadn't listened to their new stuff. I mean, I, do you I at least relate to that a little bit with somebody else. I always like, 
I like the Pixies. I kind of fell off the music train um, back in right around when you said they got back together 2014. I was overseas at that time and I just wasn't getting modern music. And like when I came back, I just felt like the landscape had changed with a ton of bands. And I'm going to piss a lot of people off by saying things like this, but like I personally haven't enjoyed a Strokes album in a while. Um, I (laughs) don't think... I think that Radiohead's last two albums haven't been very good. Um, I and a lot of this, I try I don't not disagree to disagree with either of those things. Yeah, I don't I, think you're. I don't think you're as alone as you think, especially with the Strokes. I mean, I try not to be a, a grumpy old man about these things, you know, and just like ah, the way they used to be. But yeah, a lot of bands. I Dave, you said it really, really well. Like uh, they, they, they grow up, and we can't expect them to be the same people that they were, you know, back when like Blink-182 is making, you know, masturbation jokes and every other song. <laughs> and um, when that's kind of what you, you learn to love about a band or, or specific dynamics, like you were saying, bloodbath between, um, you know, particular members, uh, once you lose that uh, or they grow up, then unfortunately, like, you know, maybe they're not, maybe they're not like selling the same product that I was there to buy. And uh, there's just a ton of bands that that has happened with me. I'm having a hard time thinking of a band that's like, you know, over 20 years old, that's still making music that I'm like, fuck, yeah, this is awesome. Like the latest, uh, uh, let me think, like the latest Megadeth is really good. Actually, the (laughs) latest, not the latest Megadeth, because those are bad. But like, actually, the latest Blink-182 was pretty good, Uh, but it is not enema of the state blink 182 and you will have a bad time if you go into it expecting it mm-hmm. and and also we, we are different people yeah yeah too. you know what i mean what we what we have like in terms of like expectations in terms of like you know reminiscing over what made something like we we are also different and change and so does our taste in music and what we expect from people <laughs> i mean really what it is everybody just sells out like whatever <laughs> yeah but yeah no it's not we aren't the problem aaron blink 182 <laughs> should still be making masturbation that's jokes, right. okay ta- that's ta- right. no i'm this telling you this is what you do fault. this is their when, fault when when a famous band makes a bad album you take all their money away and force them to write as starving artists like they did before. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I One final thing to add to this, because only because in the past, all four of you have made fun of me for listening to this band. So this is like <laughs> your time to for all four of you to get back to me, uh, back at me. But uh, you, you two officially sucks now. Right. Like I used to pedal them <laughs> now. Like snake oil. Now. <laughs> You two suck since like the early nineties. Fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Man, all right. Hey, we can, we can cut this out because I don't want it. I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to get on another tangent, but like, I will give you like credit on that one, Jim. Like, I, I do feel like I've, like, in the last like five or six years, I've gone back through and like, I got a copy of Joshua tweet, uh, Joshua tree. No, the tweet. And I was, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, I, I think I like this more than I thought I would. And then I, I've like, like early, like super early you two. I like, um, and then like, yeah, like kind of Joshua tweet. Gosh, I <laughs> that era. I I, there's, I've, it's because he has to more, say his own name. Yeah. yeah, I've become a little bit more of a fan uh, in recent years of that band. Yeah, so I, I won't give you that much shit for that. The Joshua yeah. Tree is the Joshua Tree is legit good. Yeah. Um. 
All right. Let's move on from uh, where did we even start? The Pixies uh, latest albums and we'll get uh, Jim's number two. Yeah. Uh, okay. So my number two, my true colors are going to start to like come out here. Um, my number two is uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield. Okay. Let's uh, go, Jim. Ooh. Let's do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I have been a lifelong Pokemon fan. Just to tell you guys how dedicated I was to the series, um, Pokemon Sun and Moon, which was like the previous generation, I completed the Pokédex in those games. Like, how many Pokemon is that? Whew, too many. Uh, yeah. That's that's the real answer. Um, <laughs> like, like like legit <laughs> like legit seven hundred plus. <laughs> no, like I was I was the I was the thirty year old male bald with a beard waiting in like line at GameStop to get the, <laughs> the downloads for like the Celebi, you know? Yeah. Um, like, just, just scaring children. So, uh, Hey, do you like Pokemon? <laughs> Stay away them from back them, to their cars. <laughs> yeah. You just but, hit, hit, hitting on moms. <laughs> you, you guys want to battle? But uh, so then <laughs> Pokemon Go drops and it's legit like one of the coolest experiences in gaming for the first two weeks ever yeah um and then and then pokemon sword and shield the the way those games they they made to look like we've all been waiting for pokemon skyrim right and finally pokemon sword and shield was going to go to like main console and not only was it basically just not (laughs) anything that it could have been but they didn't even have like all all the pokemon in it and so the fact that they like artificially like crippled themselves to such a series i anyways i was so mad i i'm done with it i never bought it i literally am like never <laughs> going back to pokemon i quit the series and i was a master <laughs> i'm done i hate it i was a pokemon master i was you guys have no idea <laughs> all right so um did any of you guys play Pokemon Sword and Shield? No, but my roommate plays it like religiously. I always thought it looked pretty cool. Alan, did you play it? I did not. I thought about getting it, but now I'm I and I didn't get it because I went online and everybody was trashing. Okay. It, well, so. I'm going to play Devil's Advocate because I really liked Sword and Shield. Um, but I am not a collector. Um, I haven't finished a Pokedex since uh, Gold and Silver. So that's not a priority for me. The it, Pokemon Sword and Shield is super disappointing in a lot of ways. Like graphically, it looks like a like a PS2 game. It looks pretty fucking bad. Um, and it's incredibly easy. Like I know like the older games were made for kids and they were still a lot harder than sword and shield. Like you really don't have to think the entire game, but it's still a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun playing it. Um, and there are ways to find harder Pokemon challenges if that's what you're after. But I thought sword and shield was fine. Um, and I think there, I think that cutting some of the Pokemon out is a good thing for the series because it's, it's unwieldy to have a game where you're like, you have to collect all 1000 plus of these things. Like they're going to keep making Pokemon games forever and they can't just keep adding on uh, like, we're going to have a game in 20 years where it's like, you can collect 1,900 Pokemon in this game. It's way too much. 
I don't think it's a bad thing to cut some out, but if you've put a lot of time and effort into like getting everything, I can understand how that's disappointing. But the game itself is pretty fun and the new Pokemon are cool. And um, it has a lot of quality of life things that are way better than the older games. Like there's, you don't have to like grind shit that much. They give you items. You can get away. You can like get away from grinding, which is like the worst thing in any RPG that you are forced to do. Um, so, and we are getting that Pokemon open world, like true open world Pokemon game coming in January. Um, whether it's good or not remains to be seen, but I was just going to say, I have my doubts. I I've been burned once fool me once, you know, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) It's, you know, it is the game that I've been asking for since I was like in high school, Pokemon with an open world. Uh, you can see Pokemon out in like the wilderness and go like catch them and stuff like that. It's exactly the game that I've been asking for. I'm for sure going to be disappointed because Pokemon company is actually not that good at making like games like game freak is not a very good game developer. They just know how to make Pokemon games that little kids will like. Mm. Um, and so yeah, sword and shield was fine, but it's not like, it's not great. Um, I played it through once. I'm not going to play the DLCs. I'm not going to ever play it again. The potential behind that series. You just think of what it could be, but yeah. you're right. Well, you're they right. are starting to branch out more. They made a new Pokemon Snap game. Uh, they did Pokken Tournament, which was really fun. Weird, like, Pokemon fighting game. Have you seen that, like, a PS5 game that's coming out called Temtem? Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? It's like a po- it's like a Pokemon MMO. Yeah, wait, wait, do you think that looks cool? If it didn't have the phrase MMO in the description, I would think it was cool. I know you this is very weird like how much Dave likes video games, but he does not like playing with other people. Yeah. <laughs> and at first I was like that's really weird. You don't like playing co-op games with other people. And then like the the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? I'm the same way. Like <laughs> I hate people. <laughs> it's not it's not that I don't like playing with people, but like in order to play a game with someone, you have to consistently get together at the you, same time. You have time to be on at it. the same time. And yep. It's just so hard with any other adult to have a consistent schedule to play a game. When you work full time, I agree. Yeah. I mean, even if I mean you work full time, people have kids, people have other, you know, leisure activities. Um, that they're doing maybe not like if you're staying inside because of covid (laughs) uh but like it's just so hard to coordinate with people uh even like i mean i i live in a much different time zone so it's even harder for me but even with people in my own time zone it's really hard to make any kind of consistent schedule to like play together so it's not that i hate playing with people it's i hate the logistics of like doing that yeah, because by the time you like get a chance to pick up a story co-op again, you're like, wait, what the fuck were we doing? Yeah, exactly. Like that's why, like Aaron, you and I play Rocket League or Fall Guys, and those are perfect because we don't have. There's no like continuing story. It's just like you just hop in and play for a little yeah, bit, and then and, you're done. And lose, and lose, and cry, yeah. and go back to bed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's move it on from Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield, and we'll go into number ones. And before we do so, we'll hear a word from our sponsor.
everybody. Before we do our number one picks, we'd like to talk to you about that magical drink, the one that makes this podcast possible. That's right. We're talking about coffee. At a top three podcast, we are in way different time zones. and We record super late at night for the for most of us, actually. And coffee is what makes it all tick. We're proud to share with you one of our favorite local roasteries, Barbell Brew. Barbell Brew provides single-origin coffee beans that are air-roasted in small batches on location in Troy, Ohio, and they're available for shipping nationwide. Check them out at barbellbrew.com where you can find pre-ground or whole bean coffee in several different varieties, or sign up for their Coffee of the Month program for a curated caffeination experience. We also have an exclusive deal for our listeners. 20% off your first order using the promo code TOP3 at checkout. That's the promo code TOP3, that's the number three in there, at checkout, 20% off your first order. Barbell Brew also has a really cool program called Coffee for a Cause, where each month they donate a percent of their profits to a different charity. So follow them at Barbell Brew Coffee Roasters on Facebook and at Barbell Brew Coffee on Instagram. And check our episode description for links to those pages and their website so you can get your coffee on. Support local coffee roasters and taste the difference. All right, back to those number ones. Okay, and we're back, and I'm going to give my number one pick, which is the probably the worst movie I've ever seen, which is the Dark Tower movie. Yes, this, sir. Yes, sir, Dave. The reason it's my number one is because I love the Dark Tower books so much. It's probably, you know, if we ever did top three book series, it's a strong contender for number one. Love the Dark Tower books, and... Not only was the Dark Tower movie like the worst trash I've ever watched, it was in development. Like Dark Tower as a TV show or a movie was in development for such a long time that you had years to like get your hopes up that this was going to be good. And then you see like, oh shit, Idris Elba is going to play Roland. Oh shit, Matthew McConaughey is going to oh play. Uh, he's going to play so the bad dumb, guy. Dude. Like, holy shit. Like these are, these are amazing actors. And the movie was not even Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba could save that movie. That movie was awful. They're in like stuff. So they compressed a seven book series into an hour and a half movie. And so they're in like stuff that happens in book six, a minute mark in the movie. And it is just fucking terrible. Like bar none no hyperbole the worst movie i've ever seen i've never been so mad watching a movie <laughs> damn the one thing that pissed me off a lot is like you know they they talk in the book series about how like so roland bring he, he comes over to our world and he brings these pistols and like the first time he pulls one on somebody somebody thinks it's a toy because it's just so like big and like dumb it's like (laughs) it's like so big it's dumb and i was like hell yeah and then like stephen king like retweeted like a picture before the movie was was released of roland's widowmakers and it was just like this skinny little pistol i'm like 
the fuck are you talking like i'm i'm imagining like a shotgun in pistol form and they're like yeah he's got these little pin shooters and i'm like oh this does not bode well for how i'm gonna feel about this movie dude like right off rip this this sucked too because like Stephen King's been very vocal in the past about talking shit about his adaptations that were Dude, bad. He, he, he was like, this is great. I yeah, love he, this. That's what I'm saying. He he rips on all of the bad adaptations of his stories so much. And then during like the promotion time for the Dark Tower movie, he was like, I've never been more proud of an adaptation King. of any of my stories. And I was like, <laughs> holy shit, like Stephen King's into it. Now I realize, yeah. like, of course, he's going to say he's into it. But like that just hyped me up even more because he had just, he had been like, yeah, uh, I hate like most adaptations of my stuff, except he liked the Shawshank adaptation, I think. And like the adaptation of uh, like the green mile and stuff like that, like the classics, but there's like 30 Stephen King adaptations that are awful. And he talks shit about all of them. I I will say, and I I won't say anything else because I want to hear Alan talk about this for a second, but they did, they did, (laughs) they did a really good job on the scene where Jake like passed from his world to the other world. Like when he went in that house and the house tried to kill him. Yeah. They, that, that was the best scene in the movie by far. And it was the only one that reminded me of anything that happened in the fucking books. That's a pretty cool scene in the book. It is a great scene. And there was talks for a while of having the dark tower be like a, like a combination like HBO series and then a couple of movies along the way. And I, I still think obviously it's a long ass book series. You can't do it all in one movie. And it has to be a TV show. There's no other way to do it. If you're going to like put it on camera, it has to be a TV yeah. show, You're right. but they just canceled the one they were making for Amazon. And the dude who played Braun in game of Thrones was going to play Steven Deshane, which was, I was so pumped. They're like, now nah, we're canceling it. Yeah. Fuck. That would have been really and, funny. And that's the other disappointing part because the, the Dark Tower movie was so bad that I don't think anyone's going to take a chance on it again and like try to do it right. They're just going to be like, no, like we tried. There, there's other fantasy franchises that we can throw our money at that haven't and, already been like just shit on. And we could say we, 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 we OK, so he, he, here's what I'll say is like if there is a big epic fantasy series that would be hard to translate from written form to something else, it's the Dark Tower because it's like extremely meta and like they have like uh, like they have their own vernacular. Right. There are words that they just say all the time and you're just like, I don't know what that means. And then they eventually explain it. But it's like a key component to how the characters like interact with each other because they're all trying to understand Roland. Right. I, I mean, yeah. like dude, like, you know, like from the minute that movie started and they were like talking about Jake's parents, like they were showing scenes of him and like Jake's parents. I was just like, Oh, so they're completely fucking Jake's entire backstory. This is going to be awful. already. Like I knew within five minutes, like this was not what yeah. I wanted to see. It was, it was bad. They start off in thunderclap. It's like the first scene of the movie. And then we talk <laughs> yeah. about thunderclap until the end of book five. Like what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. It's, it's bullshit. And I let, I let the marketing cycle, like get me hyped up for it. And on top of the natural excitement, when, you know, anything that you love is being adapted in a different media. And the Dark Tower is like the thing I like to me, that is the greatest story ever told in any medium. And I, I, you know, we talked about this a little bit. I didn't put it on my list, but like, you you know, when when I heard they were making a Dark Tower movie, I was really pumped, but I was very like hesitant because like 
the very first thing I thought was like, how are they going to make that into a movie series? Like, this isn't Harry Potter. This is diff- the story is told differently. Stephen King is weird and he writes weird and he's all over the place. And, he, he, you know, and I, I was just like, how the fuck are they going to do this? You know, I was really hyped with Idris Elba, Matthew McConaughey. They had a couple other bit actors that I don't remember anymore. They were in a couple TV shows that I was like, OK, they're, they're putting things together. And then, like the like, I said, like when they start off, and it's like Matthew McConaughey and Thunderclap. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna hate it. Like, yeah. it was. It, it's literally like I fell asleep watching it. I've never seen the whole thing. I fell asleep. I was on a date with some girl, and she was she liked. So she was like, I rented the Dark Tower movie because she knew I liked it, and I fell asleep in the middle of it. And she got all pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I mean, it's awful. I don't. I don't know if there's much else that we need to say. It's. It's got to be one of the worst like disparities between like quality of source material and quality of adaptation out there. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, so I actually, I didn't watch it. You should not. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who told me, but somebody told me before I saw it, that it was, that it was just all seven, all seven books in one single movie. Yeah, um, which is not something that I understood in the run up to it, um, because there was and, all this talk about like extended TV series and stuff like that. And then at the last minute, they're right. like, "Nope, we're putting all this shit together and just releasing it. Like, we're, we're washing our hands of this." They didn't even have Susanna or Eddie in the movie, and yeah. I'm just like, and they were talking about like Aaron Paul playing. Yeah, they were talking about Aaron Paul playing Eddie, and I was like super duper pumped for that. I was like. That guy's gonna make an awesome fucking Eddie. Like, dude, and be a chick. I don't remember Aww. her name, but the chick who's in who played a. I don't even remember her name in Star Trek, but she was the chick from Star Trek. They said she was gonna play Su- from the Star Trek movie. They said she was gonna play Susanna, and I was like, that would be very fucking cool. Like, you know, like and but like I said, it's not so much that they tried to put all seven books in one movie. It's like they were taking parts of the story from the other books uh, and like splicing them in between scenes of like the gunslinger and uh, and, and that's kind of what it was it just it was fucking stupid. right but it was a story with a beginning and an end it started in thunderclap alan never watched that fucking movie yeah right right no and so and that's what i was gonna say it's like i considered it for my list honestly even though i hadn't seen it just because <laughs> yeah. i was so di- like i heard about it right I knew about it. I knew they had been talking. They had been talking up some kind of Dark Tower thing since. I mean, I guess I read the Dark Tower in 2007, maybe, maybe 2008. I don't know. Um, is when I started reading it, and then I, you know, obviously I, I finished it, and and I love it. Uh, and then a couple of years later, word started circulating about about you know, a, a movie or a TV series or some combination of those two things. Uh, and then it started to come to fruition and come to fruition. And so it was this building excitement for, for the course of seven years or something, I think, is when I, I first started hearing rumblings about a story exactly. within like 2010. Exactly. Um, you know, and then, and then you know, it, was, it came out in, I, I was looking at this while you guys were talking to see why it was that I didn't see it when it came out. Um, and it came out July 31st, 2017. Um, and I was taking the bar that weekend. <laughs> oh, shit. And so I didn't get to go see it. 
<laughs> um, and so luckily someone saved me, you know, yeah. and told me, and it didn't ruin it. <laughs> it was probably so. near Dave. I, I also think say, it, was really it probably oh, go was. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'll shut up. Go ahead. Dave. I was going to say, Alan, like, I haven't taken the bar exam, but I, I think I would prefer to take the bar exam over watching the Dark Tower movie again. <laughs> yeah. again. I, I'd rather yeah. go to law school. Than yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I will say is before we stop talking about it, I thought it was like, I thought it was really weird when they like announced Idris Elba that he was playing the gunslinger. Like so many people were mad because he was like a black guy trying to play like a famous white character. And to me in my head, I'm like, Oh, time out. Do you know somebody cooler than Idris Elba? That's weird. You don't. Okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's the same. It's the same thing as like the people who get mad when he was considered for James Bond. It's it's the exact (laughs) same thing. Like this is you fucking hillbilly. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. (laughs) This the <laughs> yeah, he would have made a great James Bond. He would, yes, he would have, dude. He's British. These are fictional characters that they're doing. It, it's not like you know, ah, uh, Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, we can move on. That was my number one, the Dark Tower movie. Aaron, what is your number one? All right, my number one is the anticipation of the winds of winter. Um. <laughs> The, the, the one thing the one thing I am and still am in my life the most hyped for uh, that doesn't include anything sports related is the release of the sixth game of or uh, the sixth the song of ice and fire book right and uh one uh, if that book series was complete I would probably like it more than I like the dark tower I I, I, I think it's that well written uh, of a story um, especially with like again how you talked about how much I hated the ending of Game of Thrones, I was like, I need George R. R. Martin to come in and make everything all right. I need, to tuck, I need him to wipe my butt and tuck me into bed, kiss me on the forehead <laughs> and, and turn my nightlight on. Because this is because I, I, I cannot have the last impression of that story, which I think is I mean, I think is arguably some of the greatest American literature of all time. Like, you know, you could uh, like it's definitely some of the best contemporary American literature. But I, I, I would, I would like argue that Aaron, it's Aaron. Your high, your hyperbole on this podcast is getting out of control. Literally, everything <laughs> we talk about is the best blank of all time. You right. just said the Dark Correct. Tower is the greatest story of all time. Well, now, no, now a Song of Ice and Fire is the greatest story let's, of all time. Let's, let, let's be fair, Dave. Like, let's be fair. I said if it if if it was complete, I would probably like it. Aaron doesn't have a like lot of bad towers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know. I know. Uh, I know uh, rotund and yellow; those are adjectives. So uh, yes, correct. <laughs> So, uh, a Song of Ice and Fire is the most rotund book series of all time. Yeah, it, uh, and book four was the most yellow. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, like, like honestly, I, 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 it is like I don't read as much as I used to, uh, and I, and I have this like belief that I kind of stopped paying attention to. Yeah, I stopped reading because like all the book series that I was reading, that's like the King's Killer Chronicles. Never release the next book. Yeah, a Song of Ice and Fire. They they have not released the next book, but. Uh, uh, the combination of that, I do feel like it's one of the greatest like literary works that I've ever like come into contact with uh, a song of ice and fire um, and the bad taste that the TV show, a game of Thrones left in my mouth. Uh, that, that that's why I, I feel like uh, of all these things, like I need it to be good. And like the reason why it's something that hyped me up, but has let me down. It's, 
it should be out by now. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's 70. He's fat. He's an alcoholic. It's been like, 10 years. Like 10 years, 10 years, 10 years, dude. 10 fucking years. And I think like the biggest gap between any of the other books that he wrote was like five. He's like doubled that. And he keeps saying like, oh, I want to uh, keep coming. He, he releases chapters. Bro, like I, I can read like eleven chapters on my <laughs> I want to, but he can't. You can't release that book, you fat piece of shit. Like you're gonna <laughs> die. Like you live in. He lives in like New Mexico, which is like probably hundred and eleven degrees at two a.m. Now, man. Like you, you, you drink and you fucking like he is living that Robert. But what, what is uh, what does Robert Brathian say? He's like. I'm going to fucking drink and eat my way to an early grave. I'm like, dude, <laughs> that is what you are doing. Like, and you're never going to like the, the book series is so good that the fact that he has like no rush to finish it. Like he thinks he's going to live to be 90 is a fucking <laughs> joke. And the reason it disappoints me so much is like, now I know it's never going to come out. Some yeah. ghostwriter is going to come in and finish it for him just so some publishing company can like fucking meet their quota. And it's not going to be the same dude. So it, I, hey, I that, just, worked to, that worked for the wheel of time. It, it, it There's always outlying data. That's what I'm going to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's, there always is, but I, I was, I am still am super excited and hope we get those books. But the reason I'm so disappointed is because I know it's never coming it's, and I'm going to have to like, remember Jamie fighting fucking, that that pirate like i, I gotta remember <laughs> i gotta remember that forever great cool that's that's my last impression thanks george you fat fuck god damn it i knew i was gonna get mad i'll shut up i'll shut up that's my answer it's also not happening because george is also doing every other like game of thrones related media except for writing that book Ugh, he's that fucking like, dick dude he 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 works closely with the uh, the people who ran that TV show. They're doing a new TV show, which he's working closely with them on. He's putting out other like I think he's putting out like other <laughs> supplemental like books and stuff like that. He worked he with uh, he worked with From Software on Elden Ring. Yeah, he's got a game. video game. Cool. He's do- doing all kinds of other <laughs> like literally everything that he could do with that uh, with that intellectual property, except writing. The last finishing book. finishing what got and him famous i legit Fuck you i legit think that he's like i legit think that he just releases a little bit just to keep people off his back but i don't think he actually like <laughs> yes. really wants to finish it i don't think he no. wants to write i think he's no. done and, and i'm gonna say like i think he's done like i think like the what, what the tv show did was like the opposite of what the dark tower movie did it took people who didn't read the book series and got them interested enough to to look at it in that context and then now everybody wants it. Everybody in the fucking world. He's like, if I can just lay low, people are eventually going to forget about it. Not Aaron Angle. Aaron Angle's not going to forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Angle's so mad. He's sweating in his air conditioning right now. It's, it is a shame. <laughs> Fat fuck. It is a shame. Like me and Jim uh, were reading the books like at the same time. And I like, it was, it was like being a little kid, like going to school, talking about like a game you were playing. Like, holy shit. Did you like, did you see this? It would me and him were like texting back and forth and like hanging out, like just like like little no, kids no. talking about what happened in these books. Dave, Dave, we weren't hanging out. Like we, people would be like, "Do you want to like go to bar trivia?" We'd be like, "No, I'm reading." Tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm Legit. on Storm of Swords. Leave me <laughs> yeah. alone. 
Yeah. But again, and what it is, is it's just some there. It's some of the best. It, 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 it's it's one of the best book series ever written and if it's just another one of those you know i have star wars and game of thrones and arrested development now thanks alan of just these things that i just <laughs> love that I, I i will always leave like a like a bad taste in my mouth and i know george r. r martin is a good enough writer that he he would do it uh, he, he would do it correctly like he, he would end that series correctly and it wouldn't leave a bad taste in my mouth like you know so i, I i'm just I'm, I'm really disappointed that at this point now i know i'm never going to get to read that book here's the thing uh i frankly i don't think that book five is very, is that good um i think that there are he opened up like 700 plot lines in books four and five and there is no way that he's going to resolve any like satisfying amount of those in books six and seven because he has like he too has, many like, things a, he going has, like, on. An, yeah. he has too many things going on, and he has like an actual plot that needs to move forward. Um, and I think that he, I mean, like lots of writers do this, uh, like TV shows and stuff do this too, where they just have so many plot lines. And there's no way that he's going to be able to finish them up in a satisfying way. So like, I, I'm not confident that if book six came out, it would be really, really good. I mean, it's been a long ass time. Like if he actually had the ideas and like the passion for it that he clearly had when he was writing the earlier books, he would have put that shit out five years ago, but he, he very obviously doesn't have that same passion for it. Well, and he said that like he he's thinking like he has so much stuff to that there might need to be like an eighth book or a ninth book, and I'm like, good, go fucking write it, because <laughs> like I I I disagree I, I I disagree with what you said. Like I feel like you can have like there is one way that you can tell a story where you have that many plot lines and that much shit going on and actually make it a coherent story. It's through writing a fucking book. Like that's a I, I don't care if you got to write nine or ten books. I'll read all of them. Just fucking write them. Stop drinking fucking whiskey and fucking he's, wearing he's also, long sleeves in New Mexico, you fucking <laughs> idiot. Dude, I need this story. He's also talked he's also talked pretty frequently about how he has like really significant writer's block and how uh he just doesn't write for long stretches at a time because of it. Um, so I don't know. He could just have the the comment that was you know in book two just come hit westeros yes and that could yeah. just like yeah and end. just leave like three people it's like all right book book seven is just uh it's just a circe and uh podrick and uh <laughs> and braun hanging uh, out uh, hanging out on like uh, yeah. the only <laughs> island that wasn't yeah. affected by the comet strike <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's just one dragon flying around and like cool all right i'll still read it just fucking finish it i don't care yeah it's not gonna happen Dave's right. right. The, it's been ten years, and like so long that the world basically sent out a killer virus as like a wrap it up speech, and yeah. you can't <laughs> finish it. Come on, George. Yeah, right, dude. Like, I mean, read the room, George. Come on. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. From uh, we went back to Game of Thrones, even though we tried to avoid talking about Game of Thrones. Um, let's move on to Alan's number one. Uh, my number one is uh, Bob Dylan's October 16th, <laughs> 2007 show at the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio. I fucking knew it. 
Now, I finally have a public platform, and I'm I'm going to use it. <laughs> and I'm talking to you, Bob Dylan. Fan of the show. Um, I'm fan of the show, hopefully. No disrespect. But you didn't get up off your ass for more than two songs that entire night. <laughs> and it is a sad, sad state of affairs. When I go to a Bob Dylan show and my favorite part is Elvis Costello. <laughs> Elvis Costello, Bob. <laughs> um, I mean, you played, you played piano all night. I just... And I, I looked up the set list, too, and it's as bad as I remember. <laughs> um, real quick, real quick, Alan, what... I mean, obviously, you don't have to read the set list, but I mean, was it uh, was it a, a good mix of um, bigger hits? I'm and happy more, to like, read the set fan list. favorites. Okay, go for it. He he opened with "Rainy Day Woman" twelve and thirty five. Fine. Then followed up. It ain't me, babe. Okay, okay. <laughs> watching watching the river flow. Lovesick. The levee's gonna break. Spirit on the Water, Things Have Changed, Working Man's Blues 2, High Water, My Back Pages, Highway 61 Revisited, Nettie Moore, Summer Days, Masters of War, Thunder on the Mountain, and All Along the Watchtower. Jesus, um, that, is, so that, is, that is a bizarre. I, it is a bizarre mix. <laughs> and so I sat through Amos Lee, and I sat through Elvis Costello, and that's what I got. So, Alan is so I'm not sad. <laughs> like, I'm not... Like, Alan's talking to Bob Dylan like a father who like caught his son masturbating. <laughs> like... <laughs> no, no, because masturbation is completely natural, Aaron. There was nothing natural <laughs> at the Nutter Center in Dayton, Ohio. No man, nothing good ever happens at the Nutter Center, bro. They old rodeos there, man. <laughs> No, I love, I do. I love Bob Dylan. And I, it was the first time I saw him live. It's probably going to be the only time I see him live after that performance. Um, but I, you know, I do, I love Bob Dylan. And so that's why it was so disappointing for me. And um, so my, and like what uh, my, my number one is Bob. <laughs> yeah. Um, and your, your experience seems to be like the typical experience for anyone who's seen Bob Dylan live in like the last 20 years, like <laughs> almost everyone I've talked to. And this is like multiple people who are like, I am a huge Bob Dylan fan. I saw him live and it's very clear that he hates performing live and he has contempt for the crowd who paid to go see him. I would have paid him money just to have him start a CD of his music on stage for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would have been perfectly happy. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. So, you know, obviously I, I had a, had an inkling that you're going to, that you're going to call this out. And I, you're not the first person I've heard say this about him in the, and like Dave said, last 20 years. And I've heard people at that show say the same thing. And I, I can only imagine how heartbreaking that is for you because you are a very big Bob Dylan fan. You're a bigger one than I am. And all I can say is, you know, 
I'm sure, like, and I'm not defending him at all. I agree with your answer. I'm sure it's hard being a performer um, and just having a bad day and, like, you just can't even fake it for the show. I'm sure That's it's fair. even harder. I'm sure it's even harder when you're in your 70s. I'm sure it's even harder when there's, like, the existential, like, dread that the expectation that people have of you is so like in like impossible to ever fill at this point in his life um the way people look at him so i'm sure that has a part to it you know i've heard for a long time that like he is very uninterested in it and he likes to do what he wants to do likewise alan do you listen have have you listened to any of his latest like his last five or six albums um, I mean, I listen to, like, I just put on, like, a Bob Dylan uh, playlist on Spotify sure. when I'm sure. listening to Bob Dylan most of the time at this point. So I probably have, um, but I, I honestly, I don't know. I mean, before this uh, It's last definitely time. not, if I'm picking a Bob Dylan song, it's definitely not going to be from one of the albums over the last five or ten years or whatever. I mean, you know, for example, what I mean when I say, like, he kind of just wants to do whatever the fuck he feels like. But before this last album, the, the two before that he made are like um, like Frank Sinatra covers um, <laughs> and shit like huh. that. And no, I have not heard that. And, and they are that's that is the definition of doing whatever the fuck you want to do. They are not bad, dude. They are like, <laughs> reasonably so good. Sad. But my point just being like, I can totally get you know, that that's how that goes down. And I know it's a disappointment. I saw, um, and you shouldn't feel bad about uh, Elvis Costello being the highlight of that night. Elvis Costello was great. And to Aaron's I came point, there to see Bob Dylan. I know. <laughs> you know? And, to point, and to Aaron's point, wait, wait, wait. And to Aaron's point, yes, nothing good does happen. Nothing good happens at the Nutter Center because that's where uh, Sarah Palin was introduced for the first time. As- Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. So I want to go pee I, on the Nutter Center. I went to um, I went to see Eric Clapton with my dad, and this is probably 2010 or 2011. Um, it was like my father's day gift to him. I got his tickets. It was Riverbend. I mean, it wasn't anything special. We just had grass seats. Um, that was a real bummer of a show. I've heard I that about Clapton too. I've heard that that yeah. Clapton is another one who's huh. just like he hates performing. He hates playing yeah. the songs that you want to hear, and it's just he, not a good time. He walks out. He walks out. He says hello, plays songs for like ninety minutes, and says thanks and leaves. No encore. <laughs> no answer. <laughs> no nothing. Yeah. I, I would do bummer. the same thing. It's something that like, um, it's it's easy to empathize with like. People who are like, hey, Bob Dylan, I want to hear you play Subterranean Homesick Blues for the like 20,000th time in your life. Please play this song and look like you enjoy it. It's it's easy to empathize with him on that point. But like, yeah, dance for me. Yeah, I mean, but like shit, music's such an emotional thing. And like there's so many performers who go out like the Rolling Stones are still doing shit and they're still they look like they're having a blast on stage. When they're performing, same with Queen, man. They're like straight up, and the, and the, they're a hundred years hits. old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, and I will again. My the last thing I'll kind of say about it, not really defending, but I, I also, you know, just from my perspective, I'm sure it's also hard 
when you have an artist like Bob Dylan who has so such a catalog and so many songs, you know, he has so many iconic songs, you know, and so many iconic albums for like 10 years, it, like the first 10 years of his career. And then he has like so many years that he kept like making music and like, you, you know, to imagine that like every new album was like, this is what I'm really into. Like, this is like my, like, look at how like everything I'm doing and it's so different. I put so much time and effort into this album and it's just another one, you know, there's maybe not so many hits on it or it's not that I, those iconic four or five from the early sixties. Like, so I'm sure like to have such a catalog like that and stuff that he thinks is like way better than the songs you want to hear. I'm sure that just, you know, has to drive you absolutely crazy. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and, and like I said, at the beginning, no disrespect to Bob Dylan. I mean, he could send me my money back for that one show. I'm not going to ask him to, but no disrespect for Bob Dylan. How much, I love, how much really an apology I letter? absolutely love Bob Dylan. I would take an apology letter. Like I said, I'd have been happy if he put a boombox on stage and played a disc for me. But, um, you know, just not, not what I was expecting. How much were the tickets? I think they were like 60 bucks or something like that. Nothing crazy, but yeah, but giving back in 2007. Yeah. 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 I was poor. That's quite expensive. Well, it is considering, I mean, it is, but you know, when you consider that if you want to go see the Rolling Stones, it's like $300 a ticket. Right. It's Um, tough. Mick Scott Grant. Right. You pay, you pay for the name. Mm hmm. You know who's uh you know who's 90 years old and still like giving it his all during every concert? Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. That's beautiful, the crazy McCartney, man. God bless him. Beautiful man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like I I I feel bad for both sides of it. I think Bloodbath puts uh, like brought forth a really good point like to to go out there on stage like day after day and just play the same music over and over again like Bob Dylan probably has his own favorites from his albums from long ago that are like, you know, the buried things that none of us listen to that he wants to play. But we're all just like, you know, uh, play, you know, play blowing in the wind. Exactly. Right. I want to hear all along the watchtower. And he's probably just like, uh, like, screw you kids. Right. Uh, but I, I do also feel bad for paying $60 and just, feeling like you didn't get your money's worth right not just that quick show quick show of hands who would change their job for what bob dylan is doing right now and be completely happy playing what people wanted to play for them for the millions and millions of dollars that he makes like right every everybody here all right fuck bob dylan dude i'm sorry for you all that sucks i'll I'll give it like really easy for you to say that he's been doing it by 50 years at this point right yeah like he you know he started performing and in 1960. Wait, does he have a hundred million dollars? Probably. I don't feel bad for him. I don't, I don't know. He might dance for me, clown boy. But <laughs> likewise, you know, there the story I've heard is there was a period of time, um, you know, in like the mid-90s, he was on tour with the Foo Fighters and he would open his show with Everlong. He would cover the Foo Fighters. Um, right. So I'm just saying, like, there was definitely probably a period of time where, like, he like was still artistically interested in things and forward thinking enough, and 
exciting to try new things and to to put on a good show he still had a lot of passion behind it and to alan's point it's like man it's definitely gone and you could just you could just sit at home and and not take my 60 dollars yeah i'm just saying would it have killed him to pay to play positively fourth street yeah like i'm just who knows maybe it might have maybe he it might have maybe he like i don't know he he found a like a cursed witch on a hike one day and (laughs) they said if you play positively that was was the cost yeah all right (laughs) all right let's move on um that was the Bob Dylan concert at the Nutter Center uh, in what year, Alan? 2007? Uh, that was October 16, 2007, yeah. Right on. All right, uh, Bloodbath, what's your number one? My number one, I was thinking about it on my way to work today, and I couldn't believe I hadn't thought of it till now, and I don't feel like I ever hear anybody bring this up. Um. One of my mo- one of my most beloved comedies that I watched when I was uh, you know kind of coming of age, high school was Anchorman, and I was so hyped and excited that they were making a sequel, Anchorman Two, and I went and saw it, and in the middle of the, of the movie, I was just like, "What in the hell have I just seen? <laughs> this is not going well. This is not going to be good. This is a disaster." <laughs> Oh my God, like you guys have made a horrible movie and it really, uh, really crushed me. Because how often do you see bad Will Ferrell comedies? Like almost never. So, okay, so here's the thing. I feel like ever since Anchorman or Talladega Nights, every time I would see a Will Ferrell movie, I'd be like, oh, like this is, this is not good. Like he's lost the, his magic. Like, oh, this it's over now. You know, semi pro, step brothers, the other guys. I saw those movies and I was like, oh, this this is stupid now. And it's like I would rewatch them again like a couple months later and I'd be like, holy shit, these are the funniest fucking movies. And like every time I see those movies ever since then, I'm like, this is funnier every time I see it. Like his stuff really grows on me. And I was really hyped to see Anchorman. It was a real letdown. And likewise, I've rewatched Anchorman too. And it's, still terrible it's gotten slightly funnier the second time i've seen it but like it's still awful like it is it is hard to get through i cannot finish it um you know and it's interesting you know i sat there the movie starts and i think there's different versions of the movie so maybe not everybody remembers it this way but i remember the movie starts when he's getting attacked by a shark yeah (laughs) which is which is actually awesome that's exactly i was like that's so funny i was like oh like that that, i was like this is gonna be like this is gonna be really really good and then it's like you get five minutes into the movie you're like okay like this is just these are stupid like every like every joke is just like super broad and like dumb and doesn't feel like it's got any like of that magic and then you know he starts trying to recruit the the news team again and like that was sort of funny for a minute and then it's just like then they get in that camper and it's stupid again and they get to New York and again, you're like waiting for like the momentum to start and it just doesn't. And then like, then it's like the worst part of the movie is the middle section where it's like, it's, it's clearly three different movies that they just like put together 
like nothing makes sense nothing goes with anything else it's it's like clearly three different scripts and they just like took it all together and like crumpled it up and they're like that's your movie um you know it kind of i think it's really dumb but it kind of redeems itself a little bit in the third act when they have another like big showdown with the other news channels and they just go all out that part that part was so funny because they it goes like three orders of magnitude further than you yes, think they're right? going to take yeah. it. Yeah. It just, it just, you just keep seeing bigger. more you and more seeing famous new people. news teams. <laughs> that yeah, part was MTV funny. and like the history channel. And yeah, that, yeah, that was funny, but like, that was it, man. I mean, that movie and like that movie is like hard to get through. And like, again, to Aaron's point, it's like they made, you know, like Will Ferrell's got a couple of movies that he's done that are like, aren't great and they're not super funny but like i could like easily sit and watch them like i that is hard to get through and like anchorman is like his to me that's his best work ever that's his best character that's his best movie that's like will ferrell like firing all cylinders and it's like ah damn man like you just like just shit the bed 100 percent on that <laughs> i i know people always say like it's hard to do like comedy sequels and it's hard to like do comedy especially like when it like you know because i think anchorman two came out like over 10 years from the first one and i know that that's like hard to like recreate the magic and like you know comedy doesn't age well but like you know the first anchorman is still great and like the sequel is still just not good and it goes back to what uh, we were talking about with the rest of development like you basically have like the same team of people like Adam McKay and Will Ferrell were still writing yep. the script. Like you, you yep. still had same like all, all of the same actors you probably like in, and, and I'm guessing like if you make a really successful movie and you're making a sequel, you want to keep as many people like on the uh, production side of things, like also in tow, but yeah, it, exactly what you said, dude, it's it, that, that it just didn't have that same magic that the first movie had. Like, you know, I feel like there is like to a degree you have to evolve when you make a sequel. Um, and it was just like, they were doing the same thing so like we all anticipated something similar but different but what we got was similar but stupid yeah anchorman 2 was very very forgettable i remember i watched it in the theater i i laughed i thought it was okay i thought the the big brawl scene was very very good but i don't remember anything else from it and i don't remember like i don't have any desire to ever watch it again Whereas, like, I agree, Bloodbath, I think the the first Anchorman is incredible and infinitely rewatchable. All, all time comedy, yeah. like, like all, all time comedy. And while we're on it, just because we'll never get a chance to talk about him again, I just want to give a shout out to David Keckner. Like, you know, he did a really good <laughs> job in the, he did a really good job and he did a really good job on SNL and he's done a lot of really good things to his career and we'll never talk about it. Ever who again. says that, who says like, that one of my upcoming like picks for my topics <laughs> won't be top three David Keckner characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, <laughs> champ. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good pick, Bloodbath, especially because because of how good Inc. the original was. It's it's and it's a it's a really good pick. And the thing is, like Anchorman two, like it it had, I think all, all the the recipe sounds good on paper, right? Like you yes. take the absurdity of the first Anchorman about like just sort of like your standard uh, small town news team, even though I guess it was you know. San Francisco or San Diego or whatever. Um, and then you take that to the absurdity of like the 24 hour news cycle that is CNN. 
and and then you bring all those characters with it and that just seems to me like it's a recipe for success and i you guys are talking about this big brawl scene i can't remember it i can't remember that movie i know i've seen it like (laughs) they they do there's a song about a shark and that's all i can remember that's the whole movie (laughs) so i will say you kind of you you said this and it made me think of it you know um at the time i remember you know at that point in time like we had uh we still had tv like we don't we just do streaming now but um we would always watch conan at night my wife and i and um i remember like that's how they announced that they were going to make the sequel is that like will ferrell came out as ron burgundy and like did a whole like skit and the end of it was like we're making anchorman 2 and i just remember again it's sort of like on paper it's all like there's this there's this whole like you know marketing and campaign and like they're getting excited about it and like the prospect of like that character i mean you know seeing him pop up uh on conan or like you know you know there's a ron burgundy podcast right now like you know just you know that character is great and seeing him kind of like come around was awesome and like the idea that like okay we're gonna make another movie and i even think like the there's a germ of an idea in there where it's like you know the first movie takes place in the 70s and this one takes place in the 80s and it's like sort of like culture clash and stuff like that and so you know i kind of get all those elements i think it's you know like you said on paper it should work but it just it doesn't man it just falls flat yep it's i mean it's weird because it's like it's kind of in this like zone where if it was like really terrible then you could just like forget about it and just say like oh that sucked of course it was gonna suck how do you make a sequel to anchorman um but it's not terrible. It's fine. And that's somehow even worse. Like you have all these, like you have all these like really talented people that like bring Geniuses. up, they bring up like Comedic the floor of it. So like, it was never going to be terrible, but they just couldn't, I don't feel like they had any of that magic from the first movie. So. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on from Anchorman two and finish out our lists with Jim's number one. Okay. So my number one is going to be the reason why I get kicked off of this and will (laughs) never be welcome back. (laughs) He's going to say you too again. Uh, My number one is uh, dark tower books, five, six, and seven. Okay. Um, Yeah. So Alan just left. All right. Alan just got up and left. Yeah, I'm taking my shirt off. All right, Jim, go on. Okay, so um, I first heard about this series. I went to college with Dave, and um, I knew the rest of you guys basically through Dave. We all met a couple of times, and basically, ever since I've I've met each and every one of you, everyone has been talking to me about how great the Dark Tower series is. So finally, after college, I started it, and you guys were absolutely correct. Those first four books are some of the greatest fantasy I've ever read in my entire lives. And there's a couple other things that may be going into this. Like, I think halfway through Song of Susanna, I transitioned from word on paper to audiobooks for the final portions of it. Um, I also was in transition of moving my life from America to Korea at the time. So like there was a few other things going on as well that may have contributed to this, but I just remember finishing wizard and glass and loving 
every moment of it so far. You have a, Such a, fantasy, a good. You have a fantasy yeah. series that is like instead of swords and sorcery and, and Aragorn and Gandalf, you instead you have a, a cowboy who is essentially the ancestor of like King Arthur. King Arthur. And, <laughs> yeah, Excalibur. He's, he's a police officer for their world. He so is. Weird, right. Dude. And and Excalibur has been melted down and turned into these two hand cannons. Hand yeah. cannons, bro. <laughs> like, that, that's such a cool little thing too. Like he'll shoot people and it's not just like a bullet. Like it'll be like their torso is just gone. And then like a head <laughs> and two arms at the ground. Like, and then, you know, he starts to make these claims later on in his series. Like at one point, Stephen King writes in his books, and we're going to get to this in a minute, that the opening line to The Gunslinger might be one of the best opening lines of any novel ever. And it's, it's hard for me to disagree with that. The line is just so packed with information. The man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. What an amazing way to open a series. And it just gets better from there. Drawing of the three, Logan gets his quartet, and the characters are so amazing. You wind up with Susanna, who is like multiple personalities, but makes it work. Eddie, who is kind of like one of the funniest characters in like written word. And then Jake, who who doesn't love Jake and Oi. It it goes on, they have amazing adventures. Books two is and and when he gets his quartet, book three with uh, is it the TikTok man? This has been over ten years. Yeah, yeah, it's okay, a TikTok yeah. man, dude. That's the Wastelands, dude. That's a great and, book. And it's just so thought provoking, and the train, and then uh, Wizard and Glass might be one of like the coolest books I had ever read at the time, and then to go from that. Now I never got to do wind in the keyhole because I was so upset <laughs> by this time, but, um, oh, man, it's coming, but, um, wolves of the Kala is literally, um, 799 pages of nothing happening and one page of something happening. And then the book ends. And, and I just remember that being is, very disappointed very by that yep. song of Susanna. He is so, I mean, it's a climb up a mountain. And, and the, I remember texting Dave, like, this is painful. And he was like, book seven makes it all worth it. But like, when you think about what happens in that book, he takes a character who already had multiple personalities. They resolve their problems. He gives that person a third personality. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he re-cripples her. And then he gets her pregnant with what ultimately winds up being like the kind of the bigger villain of the series like what a horrible thing to have happen to such an awesome character as Susanna and then you get all this build up for the man in black who literally just dies to Mordred and then Mordred dies in like a single gunfight like there's like no there's all this build up oh he's so big he's so bad and he he Roland shoots him like four times I think and then the Dark Tower is so frustrating for me to read because there's so many good parts in there, but there's so many parts that like just took me out of the story. When Stephen King writes himself into <laughs> the story, 
I Dude, literally- I liked that. No. I, I did, man. He almost died. You know, I, I thought this is his magnum opus, bro. He's like, I got to put myself in. You know? <laughs> so that's great that that happened. But I think when that happened, my <laughs> eyes rolled into the back of my head and I just like read darkness for a while because like my eyes were just rolling so hard. Um, I hated that. And then Eddie's death was actually really cool. Now, here's where I'm going to start to get like upset. All right. The Crimson King is set up to be like this big bad. And he wor- he writes himself into a corner where he has to bring in this other character, Patrick Danville, who's never even like alluded to. Like I get it yeah. he's in another book. Yep. It's fine. But he just throws this character in there and goes, he's magic. Deal with it. And then he literally. And he's the only one who can help. Him beat the Crimson <laughs> yeah. King. Literally erases. <laughs> the crimson yeah. king like, like with a, yeah for with, those who for those who've never read it with a with like an actual eraser like a pencil not, eraser like a number you're right two. that is that is so dumb he you're right a picture of him and then he erases it and the real crimson king goes away it is seriously upsetting and and i'm even fine with the end of it where like roland ascends the tower and then stephen king i like how he kind of writes like a soft stop like he's just like hey Stop here. Hey, just FYI. If you don't like, hey, listen, I'm going to under, yeah, I want you to understand that a lot of you are going to hate what I have to say right yeah. here. <laughs> you just want to stop. Like you can stop. Uh, but like, if you want to know what you've been spending the last like two years on. All right, go ahead and read it, I guess. Yeah. Right. And then, and then I actually like the ending where he kind of, you know, everything's just a wheel. He ascends the tower. He goes through the door. And he's just right back at the start. But, you know, the difference this time is he has the horn. So, okay, the horn, a, yeah. a little bit of hope. But but I to go from, like, you guys hyping it up and then me reading those first four books and being like, oh, shit, this is, this is real. And then those last three books were such a disappointment. Like, I'm not even saying this is my number one because I'm coming on the podcast and looking to fight with you guys. Like <laughs> this is le- this is legit been like bubbling under the surface for so long. I tell people that I meet who are looking for books, they say, don't read the not dark, the dark tower. tower. Don't do it. <laughs> Just stay away. It's it is, run, it, run for your life. It is distressing to me. It, I I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'll stop now. You guys can defend it. I'm All so right. sorry. Okay, so I will I will not defend it because um, I think these are opinions that I've had for a while too. I think Mordred is stupid. I think Mordred is a bad idea for a character and a character arc and as like a, a villain. I don't think the Dark Tower needed more villains. I think that Mordred was dumb. Um, the Patrick Danville thing, when it happened, I was like, okay, but also there's like 20 pages left in the book, so whatever. Um, and I totally agree that I think Wolves of the Kala is my least favorite book in the series. I agree that not much happens uh, throughout the whole thing. And then the ending was like entertaining, but not worth, like you said, 700 pages of nothing happening. Um, so, and like book six, book six and seven are one big book, but I understand because they're separated, like, I don't know. I understand book six being a little unsatisfying, 
I personally think it's hilarious that Stephen King wrote him into the story, wrote himself into the story. It doesn't bother me one bit. I thought it was very funny. <laughs> Watching Roland like <laughs> slap him around yeah. and cuss him out and call him a call him a fucking pussy. Yeah. Like in a drug like, addict. <laughs> That's funny to me. I'm sorry you got hit by a van, bro. Get your shit together, Bitch. though. <laughs> yeah, so I won't def- I, I mean I'm not gonna fight you on it because everything you said is legit. I just really like liked uh the stories um but in retrospect a lot of what you said is uh correct in my view too like i said i think mordred's stupid um i think the way the man in black dies is dumb and super anticlimactic which maybe that's the point but not very satisfying for me so yeah i'm kind of with you but like i i mean i wasn't disappointed i still love those books Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. Like, it, you know, I think it's like the one, like, uh, you know, they kind of hit you on the head with like, it, you know, when Susanna leaves like towards the end of the uh, last book and, you know, she doesn't die. She's just like, hey, bro, like, I, I, I'm I not down to ride anymore. Like, you're kind of a fucking asshole. Like, and, and, and I think like, so the the whole kind of like uh, the, the way it ends is kind of like, a, hey, you know, it's not really about, you know, what happens. It's about like, the characters and their journeys and their growth. Uh, and yeah. I think there are very, very, very few things that end with that sort of message that I can accept. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I, like I said, it's hard for me to hate the, cause I, I, I do think like you said, nothing happens in books that like, I, you know, I disagree. And like, you guys both said songs, you know, I, I, I like song of Susanna too. I actually think Susanna is probably my favorite, like written female character of all time. I think it's, it, they, they, that he does a really good job with him. But at the end of the day, it's Stephen King and Stephen King has always been like, like, you know, really? he shoots like 500 on endings, like, yeah. you know, and like, that's to be <laughs> like the best that you can hope for. Uh, because it, it was the same thing where he was like, where, you, you know, it's like, you have so many things tied up here. How do you end this? And he's like, well, I'm going to end it in seven books. Here's how I did it. Sorry, I'm weird. I gave yeah. you a disclaimer. You didn't have to read the end. <laughs> like, you know, so. I think that. But, and, but you're, the, the, the Patrick Danville thing was very stupid. I, I, I really like Mordred as a character. I think there are a lot of like, he, he, I think there's a lot you can talk about him. I'm, I'm not going to though, but I, I, I didn't hate the last three books. I actually like Wolves of the Kala too. I think it really set like a good tone of like what the characters are capable of. Like, right. Like they're talking the whole story about how they're gunslingers and blah, blah, blah. But there's no like public knowledge of what they can do in public. And so I I feel like there's something to be said with Wolves of the Collar. It's like, OK, this is their chance to show other people that they are capable of these things that we already know about them. Yeah, uh, I like what you said about the message uh, at the end. Uh, and like the 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 thing you should take away from the Dark Tower is that it's not about how the story ends. Uh, reaching the top of the tower is not the most important part. Um, it's like what happened along the way and what Roland learned that time that allowed him to restart with the horn yeah, and a may- chance maybe do it right sometime. and a chance to do it right sometime. I have a tattoo right here of Roland standing in front of the tower with the words above it that say journey before destination, which is the exact message that I took from the dark tower. Um, mm-hmm. and i got a tattoo ended. that says ka on it like i got the ka symbol <laughs> tattoo yeah. like and like jim said it, it's 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 a wheel like you know they hit you on the head with that so much throughout the story that it's almost like you can't be upset that that's how it ended because that's he's basically been hinting at it the whole time yeah all right 
Um, we should and just, just, just FYI, Jim, like I do disagree with you, but nothing I, Dave's right. Nothing you said was wrong. Those are all very reasonable things to be upset about. Yeah. For sure. if you, a, go ahead, Jim. Yeah. You guys brought up actually a really good point that I didn't even think about though, that wolves of the Kala is probably the first time that they're all gunslingers, like that. They all just unload on these, you know, the wolves. Yeah. So. Cause they're, they're learning stuff in book three and book four is a flashback story. And book five is like, these are fully formed gunslingers now. So mm-hmm. that is one, one uh, redeeming quality of it. Um, all right. We should move this into honorable mentions. We've been going for a long time. Alan's been asleep for the last 15 minutes. <laughs> um, all right. So honorable mentions are lightning round style. Um, my honorable mention is uh, the album, um, the collaboration album between Metallica and Lou Reed called Lulu, <laughs> released in uh, released, I known you were gonna say that. released in 2011, back when I was like 100% in the pocket for everything Metallica put out. I was in on Metallica. And uh, Lou Reed is somebody who I don't really like a lot of his music, but I do think he has very interesting ideas. So I was really excited about the two of them collaborating. And it turned out to be uh, the result was not the best of both worlds. It was like Metallica's like, I don't know. I think they're kind of inflexible in like their style and it was a style that I don't think they were very comfortable with combined with Lou Reed's uh, love of unlistenable unlistenable garbage. That was the result. One of the worst albums I've ever heard. So that's my uh, honorable mention. Aaron, what's yours? Uh, My honorable mention is any Kanye album after my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, My beautiful, dark, twisted, my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy is probably it's definitely my favorite rap album and probably one of my top five favorite albums of all time. And, uh, ever, like it was really the one that really, really got me into Kanye, like as like, Oh, Hey, he can actually like make music and he's not like kind of an asshole. Uh, and every time that he releases an album, I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe, maybe there can be some like recreation in this shit. And it just, it's, it's, it's not the same. Like he peaked in every album that he's come out with, uh, since then has, been very okay and he's got a new album coming out i'm just just not excited for it so i'm just disappointed that like my favorite rapper of all time is just declining kind of what we said earlier with like green day like you can't expect somebody to be making music for 20 years and just always hit you the way you want it to hit you so uh any album after my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is my honorable mention and the hype the hype for yeezus was out of control it was like huge hype and yeah Anyway, and I I hated it the first time I uh, listened to it, but I've I've listened to it a couple of times. There, there there are some good songs on there. There's, I'm not going to hate on that album. There are some like, good it songs. Definitely was not anywhere near what I thought he was uh, capable of doing. It's it's not what we liked about Kanye and his like he took his creativity in a completely different direction. That's just like not what we were hoping for. So correct, uh, Alan. What's your honorable mention? Uh, my honorable mention is the television series Lost. 
<laughs> That's why he made that um, face earlier when I was, he, I was saying he, about it. He, he, he did he did it as an honorable mention so he wouldn't talk for 45 minutes. Good call, Alex. That's exactly why I did it. But anyway, the, the reason being, I started watching Lost It like at the end of season three, right? Which I think everybody can agree is the last time that show was worth watching. I don't uh, agree. No, so. I don't. Oh, man. Oh, my God. It's so bad. And I was just looking it up again. I think this one was a victim of the writer's strike. It was. Yeah, because it, it went from having yep. 20%. And that's why it was so that's probably why it was such garbage. The second half of the show, the entire one entire half of the show, at least. is bad. And that's and it's only disappointing. It's only a terrible letdown because the first three seasons are are really excellent and entertaining. But they tied themselves up in so many knots. Yeah. Um that they couldn't they couldn't fix it. So okay. Well, we'll have to debate this another time. Um, Bloodbath, what's your honorable mention? My honorable mention is Spider-Man three. Oh, dude. You didn't like that oh, Toby Maguire fucking emo scene where he dances in the street. You didn't like that, dude. <laughs> uh, I can't describe the feelings I have for that, dude. That you like, didn't like Topher Grace, dude. I've seen, I've watched that scene like semi recently just on YouTube, and it's like it's funny. It's funny how like how awful it is. Yeah, uh, all, <laughs> that's right. all I'm gonna say about it is uh, I really like the Raimi Spider-Man movies. The first one I liked a lot. I really liked the second one. And the third one, I remember being in theaters opening night to see it with some people, and like every like we all started yelling at the screen. Papa started lighting stuff on fire. All right, um, and Jim, what's your honorable mention? Good pick. So yeah, uh, we don't need to talk about it anymore. But my honorable mention was the the actually entire Star Wars um, sequel trilogy. I just. Uh, Felt like there was uh, decent potential there in every single movie, um, but they they squandered it each and every time, and uh, it just wound up being a jumbled mess. Okay, well, we've, everything you said is right. Yeah, we've uh, we've been through this quite a lot. Um, <laughs> okay, so let's get into our listener responses, um, and we had some very good listener responses. I will get us started with Ben whose number three is Batman versus Superman, uh, the movie, uh, despite one of the best Batman fight scenes ever, says Ben. The number two is The Magicians, a book, and number one is Lost. All right, next up we have Rat Boy. Uh, his number three is 42. His number two is the Fantastic Four movie, and his number one is Star Wars Episode Nine. Yep. Uh, next up is the bruh it's a podcast crew <laughs> number three is batman versus superman number two black widow and number one wonder woman two hella good podcast name yeah it's a good name all right next up is chris in number three the dc cinematic universe all of it number two Anything Green Day made after American Idiot. And number one, Arkham Knight, the game. I agree with that one. Yeah, Arkham Knight sucks. I'm a big fan of 21st Century Breakdown by Green Day. I love that album. 
I will defend that one. All right. Uh, next up, we have Matt. Uh, his number three is Alexander. Good pick. Only movie I've ever walked out of. Number two, <laughs> Star Wars Episode Nine, And number one, Game of Thrones Season 8. Matt, Matt's got a good head on his shoulders. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we Well, we didn't talk about Alexander, but the other ones. Matt's all guest on this episode. Uh, next up is Eun. Her number three is Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Um, number two is The Suicide Squad. And I guess it's important that the the is in there because the new one doesn't have it. And the new one's good, but the old one is bad. Tough to keep track yes. of these. Like the it's the DC Universe thing. I'm totally with uh, both of these uh, responses. Like, I get excited about superhero movies and the DC movies. I still get excited about the possibility that they're going to be good and they never are. <laughs> Except for the new Suicide Squad, which I hear is good. Uh, and yeah. Ian's number one is Sherlock season four. All yeah. right, uh, next it, up. If anybody's oh, good. seen that sh- sir. Yeah, if, if, uh, if anyone hasn't seen that show, it's uh, really, really good. Um, it's been over for a little while, I think. And it take, it's a British show, so I think it takes forever to like make. But uh, um, yeah, it's a really <laughs> good show. And uh, Sherlock it got really weird. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're totally right. Is that a British thing that British shows take forever to make? Not only that, they're each it's like, like it's like, like a, a limited series. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's the like, episodes are all an hour and a half long. And yeah. They're five episodes a season or something like that and then and then it takes them like three years to make another season or something yeah Yeah. that's how if they're gonna successfully do the dark tower that's how they do it yeah every book one limited series seven years yeah just in case anybody with the power to do that is listening yeah (laughs) ron howard yeah (laughs) fan of the show um fan of the show dude yeah uh sherlock's really good i really like that show but i don't think i've seen season four all right next up we have a former guest and mrs bloodbath uh jamie uh her number three is 50 shades uh parentheses of gray question mark ellipses uh close parentheses uh okay uh number two true blood past season four that is right and uh, number one is Justice League. I, well, Jamie just told me Fifty Shades, but I think there's more than one movie, and I don't know what they're called, so I just assumed it was Fifty Shades of Grey. Her, what she said to me was when that book came out, everybody was talking about it like it was this huge thing, and she read the book, and she was like, oh, all right, this is just... Like, she, like it was like some like liter, literary like phenomenon, like this really great book, and she read it, and she's like... This is just a dirty book. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> She's like, why she didn't she choke her to read, She continued to read the other two books just because, but yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, dude. Uh, next up is Jesse, whose number three is Mass Effect 3. Number two is Thor The Dark World. And number one is Fallout 76, which I think is the one that's based on the map of West Virginia. It is. It, it, it yeah. is. It is. And I actually love uh, Mass Effect 3 so much. I don't understand that. 
I also love Fallout 76, but there was so much hype behind it and it was so unplayable for such a long time that that if you're a video gamer and you like Fallout, like Fallout 76 pissed you off. Yeah. And uh, Thor The Dark World is also terrible. It's the worst MCU movie, like by a lot. Um, yep. All right. Next up is Craig. His number three is First Impressions of Earth by The Strokes, which I agree. And I think he should revisit that album because it's pretty good. Uh, number two is all the Spider-Man movies between Tobey Maguire 1 and Tom Holland 1. Number one is Prometheus. And I guess uh, an honorable mention or just a declarative statement on Craig's part that all Kirby media is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, Craig, Craig you're trying too hard. You lose two points. <laughs> Aaron, you are, you are not the point keeper. Give it <laughs> two points to bloodbath. <laughs> well deserved. All right. And uh, that's going to do it for our listener responses. Thank you everybody who shared your responses. There's a lot of uh, disappointing shit in there. Um, so <laughs> good top three, everybody. Um, this has been, we're at well, like two and a half hours now. It's a long one, but we got into some, uh, some, <laughs> It's perfect. Good Listen. discussion. Jim, you did a great job tonight, man. Like you were yeah. inquisitive and informative and funny. And I loved having you on here, man. I want you to come back. Dude. I, I want to thank you gents for having me on. This was, this was an absolute pleasure to come on uh, something that makes my drive to work uh, a little more pleasurable. So uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Good that's having you, cool. man. Well, there you go. Two, uh, two plus hours on that one. Yeah. Man. That's yes. you're all fat. Sorry. We <laughs> like so tired. <laughs> sorry. We all got so upset tonight. <laughs> no, I mean, this is a, uh, that's this, right. I'd rather get oh, upset with you paper. guys. Yeah. This is what we, this is what, I mean, people, no, it was a lot of fun. people like talking about these topics, like things that they wanted to like, but ended up sucking. It's like very fun things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so all right well we are going to call it for this episode then thanks everybody for listening uh again if you want to help out the show please uh tell your friends about it uh evangelize tell your friends there's no way they're going to be uh hyped up and then disappointed by a top three podcast that's not something that's possible and go ahead and pull a knife on them yeah i mean yeah if you have to i mean if there's any initial resistance to it do what you gotta do <laughs> dave's right pull two knives yeah um, and, uh, what you can do to help us out other than that is follow our social media pages, um, participate in our listener calls, give us rating and reviews on Apple podcasts or other places that accept those things and stay tuned for our upcoming topics. So until then, see you next time. Bye. 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 All right, cool. All right, so three. Are we recording? Is this thing yeah. on? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> Not nice is this thing on reference. <laughs> are you still in here? <laughs> All right. You sound like my grandpa. <laughs> Aaron? I have the vapors. <laughs> in, my, in my head, your grandpa calls you Angle. <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> angle?
Is is your grandpa like a southern gentlewoman such that she says the vapors? <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. That's the that's the angle family secret. <laughs> it, it's our crest and motto. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Ready. Two, one. <laughs> 